Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, welcome to uh, Meltcast 3.0. I'm Eddie. I'm Jeanette. She's back! Yay! Dick Returning. jokes! Forever epic. <laughs> Never ending dick jokes. Epic dick jokes. Is dick jokes her, her thing? Yeah, also Aristotle's here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Aristotle's joining us at the table for once. He's not banished to the corner. You're garbage. Aristotle's corner? You yeah. just call garbage on yourself? Yeah. Oh. No one puts Aristotle in the corner. Except for Batman, manned by his thumb. Yeah. Thumb Batman. The man. The man. <laughs> the man. The myth. The thumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's um? What's new, guys? Uh. What's? Let's talk life. Let's talk life? life? Not even just comics? Oof. Mm-mm. Uh, we have to talk about life first. We could talk about how the universe danced with us. It did. The universe danced did with you guys. Yeah, oh yeah, we went to go. Watch <gasps> I want to hear this. Band with oh, them. Law Dispute, right? We went to go see Law Dispute with uh, our Dave Clock. Dave Clock, who was kind enough to take us with him, uh, and we met the band because they were friends of Dave's, and uh, uh, we hung out with their bass player Adam, who uh, has done some work for Boom. Oh yeah, he's been doing covers for Boom, yeah. and he makes pins, and apparently mm-hmm. we we're uh, destined to be best friends, and we ended up standing there talking for like an hour and a half yeah. with him. Nice. How random when like hardcore. Hardcore. He he, he said emo to describe them, and I was like, oh man, <laughs> nice. that excited you. Yeah, because you're I like, mean, oh man, emo. Yeah. Line me up. No one Let ever... me like swish guys. my hair out of my <laughs> face. Yeah, everyone's guys. always like... Yeah. Eddie, if I go far enough back in I have Facebook... This, I have the same haircut. No, you yeah, have the yeah, longer... It's way yeah. worse. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or not worse. I was, it was a side of you I hadn't seen before. <laughs> it's just this, like, but longer. the most emo. It's, it's just that, but more emo. I think there's a picture of me and Brian Posehn from a Comic-Con where yeah. I have like a bandana around my neck and like oh, a My Chemical no. Romance t-shirt. Oh, no. And a white belt that has like no. keyboard keys on it. <laughs> Still tight pants, though. <laughs> no. Forever. I'm <laughs> into that shit. Fuck. How often did you go to Hot Topic? <laughs> uh, just for pants. Just for pants? Just for pants. That was the really? pants store that's for you? Still, that's still the only time I go. <laughs> Wait, so you weren't What the if pi- they marketed themselves, uh, uh, the pants store for Eddie, like subtitle on Eddie? Wait, but you weren't Can one of spot? those- Can I get a topic. You weren't one of hey, those emo ones, or emo guys that got girl pants? No. Why not? Why? I could just buy them from Hot Topic. Or I would just buy so. jeans and just take them in. I know how to sew. That's very smart. That's That's- 
Were you ever? If, if were you punk ever music punk taught any- me anything, is that <laughs> you say. need to learn how to sew. And you could sew with dental floss. Yeah. Which is. I uh, I took home ec when I was in seventh grade, and uh, yeah, when I was in seventh grade, uh, and I learned how to cook and sew in there. So I love Look that. Look at class. you, you're multitask, yeah. or you're just a, like multi-threat here. Yeah, dude. Podcaster, badass. <laughs> Home ec aficionado doesn't know how to turn off his fucking phone. Did you guys all take home ec? Yes. No. I didn't take home ec. I didn't even have the option. I made cookies. There was like this. There was this um, class that was loosely like I think supposed to be home ec, but they were mostly like, all right, let's stop teaching them try to bake because it's hard enough to get them to grasp the point. Like wrap it up before you tap it. (laughs) No, they. It was like it was like. They were. They made an attempt to combine home ec and sex ed, <laughs> and then it was just like we shouldn't do this. Sex in the kitchen. Do that? I don't, had, hot and fresh. It was like the, kitchen. the first eight weeks are like let's cook things. The last eight weeks are let's talk about dicks and how or, they should be wrapped up and dental dams. What well, are they? Know. I'm still confused. A whole class I, on buns in the oven. <laughs> oh. Damn. Set them up. Damn. Your stupid fucking phone them. still has its fucking yeah, lock on it. I Fucking. I, I like it. Turd. <laughs> that was five seconds too late. Yeah. yeah. Turn off the Come lock. On. Just turn it off for the show. What was. What secrets are you fucking hiding in what, there? Do you guys remember your, Lots. like, sex ed? Like, any, like, key moment from sex ed? Uh, they brought in a person who had AIDS. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Did right. anyone make a joke? No. Every, the room Everyone was, was fucking quiet. sad. I don't know why. We, we, <laughs> we in, she was talking about, like... <laughs> our du- our 2D2 has reactions to She was talking about sex and, and like... Uh, <laughs> uh, <I'm> <laughs> she was giving, like, the entire class this, this speech about, like, uh, um, the importance of protecting yourself and this, this, and that. And... There was giggles here and there. You know, it's fucking high school kids, and like, and then she's like, "You could get AIDS, like me." And the entire fucking classroom was like, "Nope." No. You just like ruined our lives. Yeah. Um. But you know, how do we recover? Yeah. yeah no. Uh, so the entire classroom just quiet. But yeah. I mean, that that's probably the most memorable part about that class. I don't think. Think- no. I mean, Wait, yeah. there's something I mean, more? Yeah, no. Okay. I, mean, I mean, yeah, that was pretty memorable. But did they ever make you carry the eggs? No. Or, or the, no. the, the, the fake baby? No. no. But we did get to watch a video of a live birth. birth uh, and that was I saw that, not I saw that okay. In, I saw that in elementary school. Yeah, I remember. Really? I yeah. just remembered having sex at an elementary school and just laughing my ass off every day. I, I was so I was, immature. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was there with you. But, Did you say giggity a lot? No, this is this was before giggity. Okay. But I think it was when I saw the live birth that I was like, oh no. no! What is that? That's not what is that? Uh, <laughs> mostly like when I was in sixth grade and we learned about it, it was mostly like you're a girl and this is what your body's going through and this is the stuff you're gonna need all the time. Yeah. Did they separate you guys? Yeah. yeah. So you guys were all separated? Yeah. yeah. We were, we learned all the same I stuff. I was not. Okay. I was gonna say, we learned at the same time because it was, it was just sort of like, well, in high I feel school, like guys need to know I feel about like girls and vice versa. Yeah. 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 There was no separation. Well, there was in like, high school, we, I wasn't separated. Okay. Yeah. Just, high school too. You're gonna have boners yeah. all the time. Yeah. Oh no. 
Just don't let them but touch look, the girls. This is what happens to the girls. Oh no! <laughs> Never mind. I'll, I'll I'll just take my boners all the time. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I saw the live birth too, and I don't know if it was just the right amount of like older people were like, it's a miracle, and you should view it as such. That like when I saw it, I was like, well, I think I've seen grosser things than this by now. But the thing that made me really uncomfortable was when they um. They show how a male needs to check for prostate cancer uh, and, like, uh, testicular cancer. Not, pro- not Not prostate. Yeah. Um, testicular cancer. The cough? And, no, just oh, the fondling the of balls. And oh, they... Oh, what have we here? <laughs> That's me. That's the most awkward <laughs> one ever. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't, the best I didn't, one. I didn't yeah. say that. I, I don't know if anyone said that. Well, that lit. smells stinking <laughs> What? Uh, wow. Scruffy looking. <laughs> I don't even remember it. Why You'd think so it'd be seared into here. my brain, but it was I wasn't. know. It's Just, so it was more the camera movement because what this is what happened. This is how it opened up. Uh-huh. It starts off with the shower, and you're and it's Weird. steamy, and you're like, I don't know who's going to come out of the shower. <laughs> it could be. But like it looks like fun. a male it form. Could, oh. And so then it's one of those sliding showers, and it opens up. We're like, Okay, he's naked, but the camera's far away. No, if it's zooming in. Oh, yeah. What's center frame? No. His testicles. And it was a trap. <laughs> it was. And we a had trap. to sit there and watch it. And he just started fondling. You know and what? Girls are giggling, and the guys are like, well, I, I feel like I should know this, but maybe I just figured this out on my own. I don't know if I need to keep looking at this guy's junk. Yeah, because you could just you know, feel your own junk. Yeah. But there's always that fear of like. Speaking, of, I don't know if this is like the tubes. What am I feeling? Speaking of testicles, you yeah. know what, was, yeah. what took me by surprise uh, was the first time I went to like a, a, I guess gym that wasn't inside of a high school, and there was just naked old men walking around oh. everywhere. And I was like, like in the yeah. saunas and shit. No, like just in the nuts. fucking just in the in the changing room, and I was like, oh, okay, there's just balls and saggy dicks everywhere. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. All right. <laughs> and yeah, well, and exactly. the other thing was like, I was like, "Don't look, don't look!" Ah, oh, goddamn it! <laughs> it's hard All to right, like avert your eyes. Right my eye. It's, yeah. See, I was okay with that. I just felt like I, I had never hopped in the shower with a bunch of other guys of really any age. Um, Which so impressive. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like maybe we should. But I was just sort of like. Um, I felt like I could handle it, and then it was either just people were really weird and just stared at one tile the entire time. Don't touch anything. <laughs> I, I didn't. Is it? And, or, 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 or they were... It, I didn't get any dropping of the Did soaps. You, why why don't you just go through all the ones you want to do? Did you ever... But, but they, you, then there was like horse play. Like, there was your, like the... Yeah, I, I saw yeah. some of that too, and I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> all right. Uh, did you ever see any of the, like... What's that? Did you ever see any, like... Did you ever go in there, and, like, in your shorts still? Like, or in, like... Yeah, I did shorts? that in, like, middle school, and I was like, this is and fucking then, stupid, because I just it, have sopping wet shorts. Which locker are they gonna go in? It, I would just put them in the regular locker. <laughs> they just <laughs> get, like, they were just the most shorts. disgusting shorts, yeah. nylon shorts that you have most... when you're in middle school. No, I had a, I had a pair that I took that was, like, uh, like... Swimming trunks. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, Daisy Dukes. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, man. 
Yeah, but long story short, like there would be guys just horsing around in there, and I'd be like, mm, I can. I lived a mile away from the school, so I was yeah. like, I'll There's no reason I need to do this. Yeah. And some of them lived closer than that. I was yeah. just like, I don't know what you're working out, but <laughs> what adds? Going back to the the um, live birth thing, though. Yes. The reason why it, it disturbed me is because mm-hmm. it showed that sometimes you poopy dupe. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what happens. For yeah. a long time, I was like, I'm never gonna have children. And it's a miracle, Jeanette. <laughs> oh, it's such a miracle for the women that can go through it. Congrats. I. I, but I cannot poop in front of a bunch of people. I mean, eh. you, you can. I don't want to. Okay, then there's a difference. <laughs> you're passing a whole humanoid out of yeah. your person, yeah. and you're more concerned about what's passing out your butt? Because you're passing out a human, and then, like, a sack oh. and all this. <laughs> <laughs> Aristotle's inner monologue. We need to oh, stop. <laughs> we need to stop talking. No, we need to go one step further. No. Move along. Exactly. Okay. What else have you guys been up to? I feel like I've been gone oh, you, for you too long. Yeah, 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 you've been gone, gone off two wild. Episodes? Two episodes. It's been a whirl. I've been... Um, it's been a whirl. You missed uh, Dave? Dave and Nicole. But I did listen. Yeah, yeah. It was it was mm-hmm. pretty chill. They had a cool dynamic. Mm-hmm. Cool. Nicole seems really cool. Yeah. I cool. was like super... Or I looked up a bunch of the comics that she was talking mm-hmm. about too. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm excited to read And that's that. not to say that... Dave is uncle because he's a super awesome I've dude. I've met Dave before. I can do a lot so of voices. Man, how rad fuck he is, Dave actually. Baker. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no. she's like, Nicole's so cool. Well, because I had never met her before. Yeah. And so listening, I was like, oh, she seems so cool. Well, I think it's, she's got the like Meg White, like Jack does most of the talking. And then like when she chimes in like that, it's she's like just cool. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. She's just cool. She's cool. But I have also met Dave and I know how awesome he is. Yeah. So I was like, oh. Man, fuck Dave Baker. No, no, no way, dude! <laughs> you talk to him like every week. Yeah, I know. Plus, he has I like, like so much epic knowledge that yeah, I just want to like absorb. I wonder where now. he gets his Adderall because he's like firing on all cylinders. I just started watching. Uh, <laughs> I want the limitless drug or something I that he's taking. Watching 007 in his honor. Yeah, I, I told him I'd go through all of them. Uh, what did it, what was it? I was watching Doctor No the other night. That was, was the first one. So. I still want to know what I confused. What that we... game, that game that I thought that they play at some point. What, what, were, we, what were we talking about that we were like, da-da-da-da? It was like, don't make that the intro. It, oh, it was too late yeah, by yeah. that point. I don't remember. I don't think I kept that in. Yeah. I started oh. with the Derek's beatbox. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate oh. that you held to form. Also, there's some strange music coming down from the showroom right now. Yeah. yeah. It, sounds it sounds like the like, Tinkle yeah. Twins are like doing a tinkling? party boys. Like, yeah, they're tinkling. Did, oh, did you guys? Did you guys? Have you been watching South Park? No. Oh, yes. It is the best season that they've Isn't done, it? simply oh, by how well they're executing continuity for like one of their first like attempts. Really? It's so good. And the reason I brought that up is because when you said Tinkle, it made me think of um, they have an episode where Cartman, uh, well, Twe- Tweak and um, Craig are, uh, ga- are gay or or not gay. They, the um, Asian students, no, start, the, all the Asian, they, they blanket start, it. They start writing uh, yaoi. No, it's Japanese. Uh, they start writing the yaoi. Yeah, but it's, it's the whole point is that they talk to them and they say, like, why are you talking to me? I'm Korean. But oh, they're yeah, included yeah. in the group reading. <laughs> so it's all the Asian girls. They're writing a yaoi uh, fiction about them. 
Uh, it's hilarious. And there's this random, I don't even know if you'd call it B storyline, it's more like C storyline, of Cartman with his, like, Cupid self that just goes, tee Oh. All the time, <laughs> what he does is he like shoots arrows uh-huh. at people to make them fall in love, and then just pisses in their mouth. Get <laughs> a little pee pee in your mouth. And uh, yeah, I feel uh, the most grown up when I watch it. You should. It's South Park. Um, I love the Whole Foods and anything that happens in Whole Foods, and when they call attention to the fact that every transaction has to have the possibility of you donating to someone. I just love how, like, awesome oh, and man. quickly they just, like, go to the, like, pop culture, like, puns and stabbing yeah. at them. Yeah, I was... I almost thought that they had lost something with the first episode because they didn't show Caitlyn Jenner. They just talk about her the whole time. And I was like, oh, man, it's really lame. They usually used to go for those. And then in the second episode, they show... They show her, they and do. it's, it's just they didn't hold back. It was it was great. Yes. Uh, watch South Park if you're not. I haven't it's watched it in a while. At its best. I haven't either. At its absolute best. My favorite is it's still when Stan uh, feels like an asshole, and he's like, I'm just an asshole, because everything, <laughs> everyone sounds like shit, and everyone uh, looks yeah. like shit. It's like, man, Stan's the best. He is the best. He's Stan's Lord. Lord, Lord, Lord. Oh, his dad. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. What's his dad's name? Randy. 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 And he's like he's Randy. a part of the, like, Randy's PC favorite. people. Oh, yeah. PC bros. So it started very early. They are, um... Christian Puss. Collisions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster. That's never what I remember it to be. Yeah, he just always sounds drunk now. Now he pointed it out once. <laughs> and, like, when you isolate it with sound, he just sounds so drunk. I have been watching Ash versus Evil Dead. God damn it. Where? I haven't, I haven't watched that yet. Oh, my Online, God. stream it illegally yeah. like don't, a normal fucking person. Don't say See, that. I do uh, on Saturdays I don't, at 9 o'clock. Okay, I don't, stars, though? I don't do yeah. it illegally, don't stars, but I will say uh, what is annoying and might make me turn to the dark side is dark side. the dark side of the force. Um, the is that every every... Anyone who's like streaming something lets you watch it for free, and then I don't know if they just remember you came to them once. Uh-huh. I'll go to those episodes again, and they'll be like, "Who who is your cable provider?" I was like, "You didn't ask me this the first time." Yeah. What? Why? That's why? And then you just have to find that friend that actually has cable. You're not going to the right sites then. I'm going to the sites of these He's shows. Going to the main. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So they so like, going to like they stars. give me crack just right. to be like He's going to legitimate We're taking things. it away. Yo, this yeah. crack is eight hundred dollars. But this is a tiny bag. Stars.com. I'm stars. just saying <laughs> I'm just saying with a Z. I've got uh, a strange schedule and uh I don't have that I got time for this shit. I, and I, I don't have money. So what am I gonna do? Not watch these shows? Are we at a point where yeah. like internet can just be the shittiest? It could possibly be. I feel like well, it from a best. business standpoint, but also it's the best internet that we've had in the history of forever. Yet there's well, like a well, every internet every day is like better the than the last internet. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> true. It's always but, upgrading. But, but, yeah, it's yes, <laughs> but it also Skynet at its the best. throttling just. The terrible customer service. Oh, it's I mean, just. Oh. I mean, that's a whole different spectrum. But like I, the yeah, internet itself. Like, yeah. I have charter. You, I'm pretty happy with it. I like, always feel super <laughs> shitty whenever I get impatient with my internet or like mm-hmm. get impatient with my phone, and I'm like, yeah. "What am I doing?" Yeah, you have four the years ago. 
I would have been so elated to have the speed or yes. the technology that I have now. On on just a desktop oh, computer, just, and you have it on your phone. And now I'm just like, yeah. ugh. Yeah. This this fucking like Snapchat I'm going to complain about isn't loading fast That's enough. like the Louis C.K. Have, joke where he's yeah, like, it's H-E. going to space. Yeah. Can you give it a second? Exactly. <laughs> uh, I I don't... There's times where it's like, this is bullshit, and I know it's bullshit because you're loading my commercial <laughs> yeah. perfectly. No lag, oh, no yeah. pixelation, One, nothing's eight, going 1080p. on. 1080p? Yep. The most perfect commercial, <laughs> pristine thing to make me just want to go to Chick-fil-A, and I don't. But they're really trying, and then when my program comes back, it's just garbage. I don't. Yeah. It's just garbage on a screen. It's just it's garbage. garbage. Um, so garbage. no, it's what more. It's more garbage. like it's more like my being like. Yeah. Where were you on that? I, I, I lobbed up a garbage, but it it wasn't followed. It's okay. We've heard it enough oh, times yeah. on the show. Yeah. No. But anyway, um, no, there's gonna come a point where no matter what, no matter how good our internet is, like they can just choke us out. They could just choke us out. They just could just keep making us be like, well, fuck, I need internet at this point. Yeah. Well, I am now it. officially you want a cyborg. It to run faster. And- I don't think I know anyone who's like, I don't have it, even on their phone. Yeah. Like, just, they just, it's always around. Here. Like, yeah. we need to, like, we need to cut the cord. We need to not be in the Matrix anymore. We don't need to be plugged well, I don't know. in 24 Gi- Given what Grant said, it's almost like this is a simulation, so how many matrices do I need to like escape right now? But there's so many good shows. Yeah. Whoa. So many we almost Ash. went to yeah. existential land. Yeah. Like, what's everybody watching right now? Oh, my God. I, I, I just got Battlefront, so I'm not watching it. I'm yes. playing Battlefront. Yeah, t- okay. Playing, that was another thing that we were yeah, griping about. Are you playing the $50 or the $110? What's the hundred and ten dollar? Because someone it's else, you've been okay. denied right. your full right. experience, okay. dude. You bought Battlefront, right? I did. And then what did you buy the next day? Uh, uh PlayStation Plus. Well, how much to was play that? online? Fifty bucks. Okay, all right. A month or just one time? Just one time for a year. But right. what? No, not one time for a year. Yeah, yeah. Every... That's that's and okay. I bought PlayStation Plus. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm in the uh, Portlandia sketch where he's like, just a one-time fee (laughs) annually. (laughs) So okay, who's who's that? That, That's Kumail. Listen, I get I get shy when I said it last week. Wow, I know, but it's just kidding. Listen, I'm not doing like a Kumail has a very easily interpreted accent. Emily, dance with me, Emily. Oh my God, you do it so well. I just want to go to the dance with my Emily. You make him sound Jonah, like Palpatine, too. Jonah, why do you make fun of me so much? <laughs> You're also in the room with them. I don't have that privilege. The, the key to it is to copy Pete <laughs> the Holmes. The key to it. Is Pete My impression is an impression of Pete Holmes doing an impression of Kumail. Okay, so it's a third. So that's how I get third it. Third hand. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he, he, he always does Emily. Well. He's like, Emily, why, Emily? I just want to dance. <laughs> But, um, I'm just in awe of Someone you. else told me $120, and I think that's because you also... You have to buy the season pass? Buy the season pass so you yes. can get the downloadable content later. And I was like, what the fuck? There's but there's so a lot of downloadable, this. right? Isn't not there yet. like a ton? It's not, No, but it, when they drop it, it'll be a lot. Uh, no, it's going to come out slowly. And also, oh, there's God. no story mode. It just I bought the game like and death. there's no fucking story mode. It just sounds so like So it's death. all just PvP or what? Yeah. Like, oh. th- are they conditioning a generation of... Do not expect story mode? Uh, yeah. 
All yeah. I hear anymore is like Titanfall didn't, right? Yeah, neither did Titanfall. Does, what does Destiny have? Destiny no, has, well, Destiny has that's a story. An RPG, that's a whole. That sounds like a whole nother like can that's, of worms. It's that actually we don't even have time. Yeah. There's missions that you do within that world of Destiny. Yeah. So that there's build, that build on the story. story. It's like Dungeons and Dragons. It's it's, kind of. so it's, it's like, more like wow. It's more like wow. I mean, uh, wow. Yeah. That's there's what I meant. Loot, Sorry. The, the thing there's a loot system and there's also an upgrading system for like your armor and stuff. Oh. But combined with Halo, I don't it's like it's like wow Halo almost. I don't so think I'm like, like uh, it's like Diablo. Kind of, but not yeah. with that like top down perspective. Like you, it's it's still like it's first Halo. person. Yeah. yeah. Okay. When I talk to a lot of people of our generation, it's like so many of them just. Are like, uh, maybe I'll get a PS4 or Xbox One at some point. Yeah. I don't even and have like, a console. Yeah, it's just, it's sort of like, why? This doesn't sound like anything I, like I had growing up that, or, or like an improvement. I this just say, sounds like, like almost like a lot of the games like going are, to Time Warner for a gaming console. Well, it just is, sucks. A lot of the games that came out like when the initial launch of of both uh, systems. systems, I was like not impressed or didn't really just care about any of them. Right. Like, everyone's like, oh my god, like, get blah, like, it's the get graphics, an and it's like, I was like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. But yeah. There's been no game so don't. far that have, like, captured no. my attention. I will say. I bought the Xbox One because I had extra money. So I was like, fuck Ooh, it, I'm gonna buy, like, money. Yeah, <laughs> you could have bought TV shows with that extra money. Yeah. True, 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 true. Why do you think I had extra money? Because I don't buy TV shows. Okay. Eat a dick. Good one. Uh, Fuck. Go on. It's called being smart. Uh, <laughs> sure. Look, uh. man. So, so I bought it, and like, I bought. Just, uh, no, it was. I bought. I bought like this game where there was like these mutants. Fuck, I can't remember what it's called. The Last of Us. No, no, no. no that's not X Men Legends. No, not X Men Legends. Uh, X Men Arcade. That too, like all the games that like were on it were like, here's an HD upgrade of like that game you played oh. on the Xbox 360. And it's like I don't, why I just already I already played it. Like the Is graphics there... aren't that much of a difference. That's like, what I was gonna ask. So there's like hardly. It's not like I'm like I'm. It's like rubbing dirt in my eyes. Like it. it I how did I see anything before this? I will say. Like, who cares? Uh, making the jump from PlayStation 3 to PlayStation 4. The graphics are fucking. Incredible. Yeah. Yes. On, I know that. On also, games that are intended to that. Yeah. Yes. That, that but sense. and Battlefront's still pretty fun. I am enjoying Battlefront. Still looks gorgeous. It, lo- it yeah, looks yeah. like it would be fun, but it's a lot of fun. to make but the commitment, I just don't. I did know. you? Too much. Did you have to install? Oh my god! Yes, I just wanted to that, kill myself. Okay. See here, that's the other fucking thing I hate about new consoles. Like this generation of is consoles getting rid is of like discs? is like, hey, glad you bought that CD. Come you, back to me in five hours when we are done installing no, but all you know your what? shit so you can play. And it's like, no, I bought the disc. What? No, but Everything's on there. Just play it from the I, disc. I bought the PlayStation 4 Star Wars bundle. It came in one box. So when was I opened the box, Darth Vader? I no, this was the a step lower below that. Uh, I didn't why didn't you get the Vader Because it's like an extra $50 that I don't need to pay. Dude, you and get a sweet if you're gonna I know, go, you're go gonna, big. Fucking fifty dollar no. difference. It's only fifty dollars. Like, no, like no, no, no. We just established this. Like, don't, don't, don't go don't, for the lower. Yeah, okay, I don't, 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 don't. It's the system. The system oh, looks really nice. It oh, looks no. so. It's got epic. a better resale value too. Oh. Anyway, you just we just spent the time to be like, oh, I don't understand why, and it's like, oh, well, why didn't you do it? Oh yeah. my god. Anyways, no, that's different. The game and the system. We're living oxymorons. Anyways, I opened the box to a PlayStation. It looks like Vader's face. Yeah. And there's no awesome. disc. 
It's, it comes with a download thing. So I had to download it, which took an hour and a half. And then finally, when it was done, I pressed start and said, oh, wait here while we install it. Here, fight some rebels. Be Darth Vader. And it took, like, I just left it and went to bed. And in the morning, it was done. Because it had already taken like, another rebels, hour to Fight some be Darth install. Vader while it updates? Well, it installs onto the play. I downloaded it, and then it had to install. And so... I was playing Darth Vader killing rebels for like an hour, and I was like, fuck, I'm already. So then, when did consoles turn into computers where it has to like download software and shit? You get the demo just shortly. You know what's funny? When I bought the the 360, because so when I had the 360 originally, I only had, I think, a 20 gig hard drive on there. And I played tons of fucking games. Mm -hmm. And I, I like had no issue like with the amount of space that I had. Like, it's, I, was just picky and choosy about what I played. Um, that being said, when I bought the Xbox One, I think the minimum was like it had like a one terabyte, like fuck, like hard drive in there, and I was like, that's that's a, a lot much. of space. When I installed Destiny, it was like seventeen gigabyte uh, like install, and I'm like, oh, I get it now. I get it why you're giving me one terabyte, but still eat a dick. Like, yeah. Yeah. also not gonna wait for you to install. So Bullshit. we have the. I didn't play my Xbox one until five days after I owned it. We have the. Um, the fuck was that about? N sixty four downstairs. Yeah. And and whenever. Uh, yeah. God. Whenever anyone comes in, it's light of my life. Like everyone just goes right to it and is like, "I love it. I played this." Or like even kids pick it up and it's like it's simple and it's like, "Yeah, this is fun," and it's like, it's such a thing of this is the era where the cartridge was good. It's good to go. And it was like simple, and uh, and it didn't like skip or anything. I'm sure it malfunctions still, yeah. but it's like it's that last bit of the like cartridge game like yeah. s- system. Do you think that like the PS3 is going to be treated the same as like yeah? Back when I played, I didn't have to put up with any shit. Well, I, I, basically. I get people that come like in they now get updates, they, but I get people that come in now and like they're like. How much is that 360 or how much is that PS3? And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, you can spend the extra $100 and get like a, a, P, a you know. Four. Yeah, a four or a one. one. And they're like, hmm. Because it's true. It's like there's a lot of games out there on it. Like I think mm-hmm. the the one game that everyone's like, this is the game you need to play like on this next generation console is uh, Metal Gear 5. Oh. But even that, so like, even, uh, well, even if you're feel, not into Metal Gear, like, then what? What do you have? Like, I feel like that's so short lived now. No one's talking about it because they're talking about Battlefront. It's I still get a lot of Fallout or Fallout. Yeah. But the thing with Fallout is, yeah. it's all story. It was, it, it was. They didn't finish it. It's got so many bugs on it. Oh, like God. so many. Like, I've talked to people where it's like, oh, I was playing for six hours and then the game crashed and nothing got saved. Oh. Oh, and it's no. like so you have to like redo those six hours no it's just like was it that they just wanted to put it out yeah. for yeah. competition with that's Battlefront it, no it wasn't even that. that it was just it was they had set a deadline they had seven years to finish this game oh my god did not get it fucking done properly and still put out like uh, a, a game that's super buggy who puts out Fallout uh, I, don't remember. I don't remember any of these names anymore because <laughs> they're yeah. just like not relevant. You're just like game, and that's it. It's it's also like just a whole new, uh, just yeah, a whole new roster of people, studios putting, putting out games, out, with the exception of like EA. Mm. I think maybe Arkham Knight 
is one that I was like, Uh-oh. yeah, I think I'd want to get, but that's because I have all the other ones before Actually, it. I, I like Arkham Asylum a lot. Yeah, I like Asylum and City, right? Mm-hmm. The second yeah. one. Yeah. But then uh, Bethesda, Bethesda puts Bethesda. out Fallout. Mm-hmm. There's something about the following Batman games where, like, the design I don't like. I don't like the look of Batman and the the following of game. Origin of Origin. Like, yeah, yeah, like I don't like the. My favorite see, one was. Uh, what was it? It was the the second one, City Arkham City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was great. Origins was all right. I I do think I like Origins. Like the design of Origins was good. It was just sort of it felt a little hollow because it it was like um this story doesn't feel as thought out as the yeah. other two. No, mm-hmm. I just liked it because Jason Todd was in it. He showed up. Yeah, they had like the GameStop. Special suit we have, the Let's, Red Hood. That's, I, I I forgot about this, but I was glad that I did pre-order my game from GameStop because now I get my The Battle of Jakku a week early. So does that mean is it going to be done or not done? That's the other thing. Like I hate when like... I don't want to get shit early if it's not done. Special pre-orders. Well, that's, yeah, with special pre-orders where it's like, hey... Pre-order it from us, and we'll let you into this early. It's like, well, I can wait a oh. week. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, I, like give me something else. Give me like a special gun. I give was me a special that, armor. Yeah. Give me, give me something that will make me want to like go mm. fucking over there instead but, of uh, over there. I went. I I got home early, so I was like, fuck it. I'll I'll go to GameStop and wait in line for my PlayStation. It'll be how, fine. How was it? I haven't been to a midnight release in like. It was kind of dumb. I was really? like, man, this is dumb. They don't like, even I was, like have fun things anymore, or what? It was. I got there late, so they just finished the raffle, oh. so I didn't get to do the raffle. But then, like, they came out with posters, and everyone's like, "I want a poster! I want a poster!" I was like, "I don't give a fuck about a poster. I'm gonna throw yeah. that shit away." Also, <laughs> you know, it, it was you know super windy, so every time someone grabbed one, whoosh, it ripped. You know what's really? Oh, that's. So <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really funny when like they so give fun. shit like that out? Like I'm always like. Just gonna go I, in the I, trash. I got, yeah, I'm just gonna throw that shit away. I, yeah. I've got so much stuff that I get from Comic Con that I'm like, I'm throwing this shit away. Yeah. Why did I get this? Yeah. Like, why did I pick this up? There's only like certain things when like they put out like really ni- like the first year I went to Comic Con they gave us like a Watchmen poster. Mm. I got a really nice poster for like like a movie Hel- poster? Hellboy Two. Oh. Okay. Signed by Magnola, mm. and I think signed Magnola and Guillermo and and one other person. But and then nice. they gave us they gave us a thirty night a thirty days of night poster signed by niles and like most of the cats like it was just like like that was a legit comic-con and then after that it was like here have this shitty poster we printed on like just whatever fuck it like yeah i feel like the free gives giveaways have become like so much shittier they have been but it's it's it it also feels like stupid complaining about yeah your free giveaways definitely it's just i guess you know you get like so used to like like, but oh I got those God, really good so ones that epic. first year. Yeah. But then it's also, like, there was guys in the line trying also, to get pro- two. And I was like, yeah, but why do you props need props to DC one? for yeah. always having buttons. Yeah. Always having buttons for everything. And, like, mm. Dark Horse were always having great lanyards. Oh, they also have really good buttons, awesome. too. They do have good buttons. Famous Monsters. And posters. Famous Monsters always has legit-ass yeah. lanyards. Yeah. That Godzilla one they put out this year was... Which I didn't get. Goddamn. Just talk to Holly. I know. Nah. She ain't oh, got no, no more. No more. Yeah. Oh, book. Snaps. Never mind. Don't talk to Holly. I mean, I'm still going to talk to Holly. Just not about Don't ever words. talk to her. <laughs> Be like, you don't have any swag for me. Shout out to Holly and Gothic Press. Boo-boo-boo. Yeah, yeah. American so, Gothic I Press. I guess, is that a... A segue? Is that a good segue? Yeah, let's talk yes. about books. 
Let's stop complaining about books. Stop complaining about our our lives in the uh, yeah. People are sitting at home are like, you're right. I should never do gaming. I should never go. I hope there's we just we just stop them for having any interest in anything. There's like just one kid like in like an impoverished country that like this is like the show that he listens to, and he's like, man, America sounds tough. I'm here in war torn like. Garbage. Uganda and shit, and like, but these guys complaining these, about these free stuff. Five days to play their Xbox oh, Ones, just to download. With their, <laughs> just God. For the record, <laughs> I never complained. I just no. said that my lover is not what it was anymore. Mm-hmm. Your lover? Gaming. Uh, yeah. yeah. Segue time though. R.I.P. N. Sixty four. Ish. Pitch of the week. Aristotle, yeah. why don't you start? Yeah, Eddie, yeah. why don't you go ahead? What did she say? Aristotle. No, Aristotle. Jeanette, you haven't been here in a while. Why don't you start? Let Aristotle well, start. Well, I guess I'm going to start just because that okay, was... Okay, I think I can start. That was a segue. Motherfuckers. Uh, <laughs> my, Motherfuckers. One of my picks was Project Nemesis number two. Yeah. Which you may remember I talked about a few weeks ago. Uh, we don't. It's an American Gothic press book, which is the... Uh, what would you call famous them? Monsters? The famous monsters comics line imprint. imprint. I thought you were gonna ask about American Gothic. The oh no, the, two well, people just in like, the painting, but whatever. Oh, uh, because <laughs> guess yes. where that was painted? Never mind. Doesn't matter. Chicago. Is that a meth house behind them? No. <laughs> that meth, state, but maybe like decades before meth was around. Actually, that's where they invented meth in yes, that bar. that house. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole secret. Yeah. Call up Dan Brown. <laughs> you know what's the secret of this painting? Meth. These two old white people in Iowa with their pitchforks, they were cooking meth the soonest before everyone else. <laughs> this is, it was so obvious. Anyways, oh, Nemesis. Grant Wood. How was it? Project Nemesis. Super cool. You see a lot more of the kaiju in this one. It's a uh, which is like a chick, right? Yeah, if you in the the first issue, I, uh, it's been a while since I read it, but I know that this uh, the general took this woman's heart because his literally or metaphorically, no, like literally, literally. okay, like, great, like, like they were in the bed, or no, it was together. it was like a uh, fuck. It, she was some kind of experiment. They used her as an experiment. He took her heart, but then. Like, she flatlined for a second, and then, boom, started transforming into this kaiju. And then she's on a massive rampage. And there's a... And the general's, like, actually heartless. Yeah. Or he's, or he's, he's like literally or metaphorically? Both. Yeah. Well, okay. well point, now he has a heart, but it's yeah. like a kaiju heart. Yeah. And he's just, so he was is, an asshole anyway. her heart? Yes. So this kaiju's big. running around with no heart? I mean, it, it, we're going to get into it more, because right now it's... It's just the there's build a Sasquatch up. guy. Oh, there's a Sasquatch guy. <laughs> is that's, that's how it all started. Was that like he was out in the woods, it, that's supposed to be reporting and looking for Sasquatch, though he doesn't really uh, care that much. <laughs> but uh, then they come across this kaiju. Is this Sasquatch guy? Is he uh, considered he's kaiju like, or he's no? Like no, no he's, FBI just a, agent, he's just right? yeah, he's an agent of some kind. But like he's on a Sasquatch. Does it seem like the size of this kaiju keeps, like, varying? He's, like, low-key, like, Mulder-ish. Okay. But he's an actual, like, Sasquatch humanoid. every page, it feels like Ang Lee's fucking Hulk. Or is he, like, codenamed Sasquatch? He's looking for Sasquatch. Uh, 
It do, it, You're not talking it, shit it, about okay. this. I'm not Wait, talking shit about this book. It's just like it, I just want to know. Like, does it have grow? a consistent size? Yeah. Uh, they didn't quite say that though. There's a line that I, I think kind of explains that. But I'm gonna ask Colin. Yeah, I suggest picking it up. They don't ever it's just show keep the getting better. Okay. Yeah, the Sasquatch yeah, yeah. isn't like it's part of the story. It's not a relevant, relevant thing. Oh. Blah. I was so stuck on literal and metaphor that yeah. I just. I, you just wanted to see a Sasquatch. I just want to know. Like he was on Nemesis. Duty to like stay in the woods and report whatever Sasquatch stuff, and he was like, "Yeah, huh. and then there's a he cop. comes across this, and he's like, "Fuck Sasquatch, come check this shit out," because yeah. it's killing people. It's Lots of blood. Yeah. I feel like if I don't hear about an actual Sasquatch in this series, I'm just going to be upset. <laughs> You're going to be disappointed. Yeah. Eddie, how about you? Eduardo. Uh, I read uh, a book called Tomboy. Uh, it's put out by Action Lab. Uh, they put out other things like... Um, Hench Girl. Hench Girl. They, did put, uh, they put out the uh, book that everyone here loves, Holy Fucked. Yes. And uh, Zombie Tramp and other, like, uh, they put out, they've got a couple of good books uh, that they've been putting out. Um, mm. This is the first issue of this book. Uh, it is uh, uh, It's not to be confused with the film, right, Tomboy? No, no. This, um, <laughs> or that's Tommy Boy, to whatever. Uh, that Holly, who works here. Oh, and I was thinking of Tomcats, too. I know. For some reason. I think we're just not. No, we're, we're not. like in sync, but like, out of sync. Yeah. I think you're thinking of. But also events. like Justin and Joey Fatone. Down. Which one's Justin? I think it, I have the curls. So you're JT. Yeah. I'm Joey. I'm down because did you ever read that rant that he talked about like one yeah. direction? Yeah. Kimmy would have been so pissed. But like that was the funniest thing I've ever read in my life. He's like, I'm the second most famous member of Insane. <laughs> and I'm like Me. hosting Family Feud, <laughs> sitting on the toilet eating noodles, <laughs> thinking, what the fuck did I do with my life? Wow. I love him so much because yeah. of that thing. I can never divorce um, his presence with uh, the chicken, the, 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 the what is it, robot chicken. Where they call him Fat One the whole time? Yes, I forgot so about that. Moving along. Tomboy. So anyways. I was just uh, giving you time to read, dude. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Refresh. I couldn't find the, the name of the uh, the people who, who did this. It just says Goodwin. On the cover? On the Goodwin. That's all it says. Goodwin. Maybe but maybe they're like Madonna. Uh, so anyway, so this book is a, a Tomboy. Um, it takes place uh, around Halloween and uh, around Halloween. And it's uh, the... This girl and her her grandfather used to be the ex police uh, like sergeant. Her dad's like the uh, medical examiner now, um, and she's waiting for her um, her best friend to come over. And he has not shown up or answered his text or anything. And her dad gets called out to, to the scene of this crime. And there's this uh, scandal going on with this pharmaceutical company. Uh, that they play and talk about in the background of the of, of the of the comic, and the dad gets to the scene of the crime, and it's her best friend, oh, sh- uh, who they've all been like kind of making fun of her for this entire time, going like, "Oh, hey, like, yeah, you guys are together, you guys are together." And she's like, "No, we're just we're just friends, we're just friends." Uh, and 
she finds out he's dead in the worst way where uh, they call one of the teachers to tell them, like, hey, this kid's dead. Don't tell anybody. Like, you know, like, this is why he's not here today. And she's on the other side of the door listening. And she's like, yeah, I won't tell anybody, like, that blah, blah, blah is dead, blah, 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 this and that. And she breaks the fuck down. And she's riding the bus, or she's riding the train back home when you find out that him, the kid, and his father were murdered by the cops because they were, his father was involved in the scandal with the, with the pharmaceutical company. Um, and they're talking about how they killed the kid and they're talking about, like, uh, just all the horrible things they, they had done. And she snaps and kills both of them. Oh. With a cricket bat. So you see, like, just their as she's as she's killing them, there's a scene of her and the the her best friend having sex, which I'm assuming is for the first time because the third panel, right before she's about to hit him, or right before she's about to like kill the cops, is him thrusting into her, and Jeez. then just blood all over the floor. Oh my gosh! With, with teeth, just blood and teeth all over the floor. What is the third panel? I had this like reaction of like oh god as like Eddie, as you're saying that but I didn't like make a like a peep during the entire like Honestly, summary that what, sounds like pretty engaging but it I don't sounds know. gory and sounds awesome. like going down a rabbit hole well she's and then she's kind of going insane too because she's got this like fictional character that like um she's uh got attached to her her uh, her cell phone ring that. Uh, like a little cell phone charm that she, uh, she, like, she, she really loves her ego. Well, she really loves the cartoon and she talks about it. And, um, uh, the cart little thing comes to life and tells her like, you have to transform, like you have to like avenge him. Oh, and that's when she snaps and like murders these. So cops. it's like her little devil on her cell phone. Um, and then she shows up back at home and her grandfather opens the door and he's, she's like, I need help. Yeah, uh, I don't know where this book is going, but wow. I am fucking awesome. super on board. I think if I, I had like picked up Tomboy and been like, oh. Well, I picked it up for the art on the cover. Right. Because I was like, oh, it's, it's, I love this art. Uh, Mia Goodwin. Mia Goodwin Mia is Goodwin. Uh, uh, the artist and I'm, I'm assuming writer as well. Uh, it's fantastic. It's It's got a very like manga-ish feel to it, yeah. the art. Um, yeah, God. And it's just, but it's it's Because it so looks lovely. very like, oh, kid's book. Wait, she does have a bloody hand and is holding an eyeball, an eyeball yeah. with an optic nerve behind it. Um, uh, it's 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 good. It's so great. Like, and it's uh, I'm so glad I picked it up. I feel like the only reaction you can have is like, "Oh God, that sounds awful. No way." Or, "Ooh, it's just it's, that sounds great." I'm not usually into books about like co- like cop conspiracies and like dramas like yeah, that, yeah. but it's just it's so beautifully drawn and and on top of that like that scene where she goes insane right before Mm -hmm. she kills them and her the mask that she's wearing it's just because it's halloween and then also the first the first page into the book gives you a a a sign as to where this book is headed Mm -hmm. um because there's a whole like one of those like future like she's like covered in blood and like the quentin tarantino thing yeah she's she's covered in blood like standing on what I'm assuming is a tall building, and there's a there's like a detective behind her holding a gun, going like I, I'm here to take care of you, pretty much. 
Wow. Dang. And it's like, what happens? Does she go murder more cops? Like, what is going on? Like, how far does this sounds like some go? stakes? Like, yes, there's some stakes to this. book. Yes, it is fantastic. I I can't I I can't gush about this book enough. I yeah, it's good. I was it's hypnotized really by your gushing. It was that detail that it's, was great. It's yes. really good. I love it. Jeanette, oh. what do you have for us? I read Hero Hourly on Twenty One Pulp, and it's by. Uh, James Patrick and Carlos Trigo. Um, this one is actually really funny. Um, so basically, this guy starts out like, just like um, Tom Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's like the Quentin Tarantino, the future first, mm-hmm. and yeah. then he goes back to tell you How like did his you story. Get to this place exactly. Yeah. Um, but basically, he's like this overachiever. I think he said he has like a 4.2 grade average, like graduated high honors, like thought he was going to be like million dollar like businessman, um, goes in for his dream interview, like starts to shake the guy's hand that he's going to get the job. And then um, a guy falls through the roof and this lady or the secretary walks in and says, the market just crashed like we're fucked like we're in like um super super recession yeah super recession and so he's like jobless like hating his his life basically and um his uncle calls him and is like hey i heard you're looking for a job um i know someone how to hire or i know someone that can hire you um, actually, I'm fucking the wife <laughs> that um, can get you the job, and it's straight you know, up most a, connections exactly. And it's start like, out that way exactly, and it's a panel of like the uncle on the phone eating like some sort of cereal while the off her off her back off her back while she's like reading. <laughs> also in doggy style, in doggy style, full doggy style. So basically, <laughs> both clothes still on yeah. for the most part. Yeah, I mean she's got her tights still on too, which is okay. a great style. Um, but um. So basically the job ends up being um, this nerd ended up creating a super serum, but instead of like using it for himself, he patents it and uses it for like bodyguards basically or like Mm. bodies to hire. Um, So he runs... You can hire a superhero for an hour. Exactly. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't also give yourself, you know. He probably does. It hasn't even shown like the guy who invented it yet because this is only the first issue this superhero serum it's pretty fishy pretty funny sounds like it's gonna make some people explode it only me too hon the the super serum only lasts nine hours for the shift Mm -hmm. so you have to drink it every time you start your shift yeah so basically he gets the job he has someone that helps him like um train and all of that stuff and he has to like read the manual so he's sitting there with the the manual trying to like figure out the job and the guy that's helping him is just like fuck your manual and he keeps like pushing it out of his hand <laughs> and he's like you just have to like learn how to do it and there's this one of my favorite part where he um he's still trying to learn how to fly but he hasn't gotten it quite down yet and the trainer is like try like holding up this plane that's going to break and crash and he's like oh but i haven't learned how to fly yet and so he like starts doing it anyways and he's like oh i'm doing it and the trainer says nice job 
Now learn yoga so you can suck your own dick. <laughs> wow. It's like really funny. And it, so it's a lot of humor kind of like that. And there's a lot of inner uh, monologues. He even has like a little point where he says, I'm just going to start saying what people mean. And so there's like the bubble of what they said and then what he interprets them saying. And it's really sarcastic and awesome. So I really, really, really liked this comic a lot. Um, and at the end, they have the villain and he's the forecloser because he tried to rob a bank because mm -hmm. his no, house got foreclosed on. <laughs> and <laughs> even like while he's robbing the bank, the teller was like, you know that we could just look you up by your name for houses that got foreclosed on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's it's a really funny, awesome book. I highly so, recommend so it. So both the heroes and the villains are kind of uh, not very polished. Not very polished at, being, at all. At being a hero or a villain. No, because basically all of these heroes are just They're doing just working job. their 9 to yeah. 5. And even like the hired manager says, like, you're not like a superhero. You're just like here for a job. Yeah. It sounds like this is put out by whom? By 21 Pulp. Oh, nice. Yeah. This sounds like in uh, spirit of uh, um, Paybacks, which is coming out and just Definitely. had its it, issue. It, the art reminded me of that. Yeah. I, it, yeah. I think we, we've, we like, lived with the, like, superhero fantasy for so long that we're almost getting so meta in that, like, we're treating it as normalcy. Definitely. Like, just walking around and Like, everyone has superpowers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but nice. highly recommend. Super funny, super sarcastic. Nice. Cool. Derek. I um, went with uh, actually someone else's pick of the week. I can't remember whose this is, um, but I just had to talk about it. It's um, Francisco's. Is it Francisco's? Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. I know you're listening, Francisco. Mm -hmm. um, I went with Huck by uh, Millar and Albuquerque, and we know... Albuquerque. Mark Millar, and if you don't know Raphael Albuquerque from uh, American Vampire, what else has he done? American Vampire, yeah, American Vampire. but it's All he, of them. he's like a really amazing artist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he did a couple. I think he did a couple of Detective Comics issues. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. that's right. Yeah, yeah. he it, like I could spot his art a mile away just because of. Just, he's he's really good at showing like um, bodies in movement or like really dynamic poses. Yeah. I think of like when Sweet Tooth first is um, broken out of his coffin in American Vampire underwater. Yeah, like that image will like forever stick with me because it's it was just awesome. like impressive. yeah, it was super impressive. It was most, most impressive. impressive. <laughs> um, and it's great that he's doing this because this is a lot of panel yeah. work. This is this is and. Um, what I would say that this story is, I was I was kind of talking to Jeanette about it because we both read it. It's a very quick read. It is. Um, think like if Forrest Gump had been um, more generous, ab about as smart as us, because they keep saying that he's special, like he's slow, like Forrest Gump, but, but nowhere not. in this is he like slow, no. or he's just he's he's got the same sort of like nature about him of just running through the streets running right. through the town the same way that Forrest Gump does but he's just more proactive he's, he's not he's not a feather in the wind like yeah. Forrest he's, Gump he's he's doing good deeds for people yeah. every day and he, he does like a good deed every day yeah 
He um basic he's an orphan. He was found on the uh, orphan's doorstep. Yeah, on the doorstep, and left with a note that uh, just simply said, "Please love him," which I thought was pretty sweet. So and I cute. think yeah, as I was talking with you, like like I was like, "Oh, I, I haven't finished it. I haven't finished it." And it's just like there's so many moments that are almost like tear jerkers. They are right. I totally. I was like some parts where I just like had to hold my heart and be like, "Oh." Because so the good deeds that he does is um, are, some of them like are so veiled and like at first you're like what? So he's standing in like a drive-through, like looking like he's holding everyone up, and they're like, and the people in the back hey Huck, are like, come on, what are you doing? Get out of the way! And like on his list of deeds that he does, um, it says bought lunch for everyone in line behind me. So there's like a reason why he was like. Holding up the drive-through yeah. almost, and he wasn't even in a car though. Yeah, and then so um, I I feel like one of the things that I really liked about it wasn't just like the sort of like do good nature like of in your own town. There's a point where um, in North Africa, like 200 schoolgirls get kidnapped, and so with the same nature of like oh I need to go help out my neighbors, he's like oh I need to go help them out. And um, I haven't said it yet, but he is, like, pretty strong, definitely. Um, It's like he never gets tired. And fast, yeah. Yeah. He's, like, got incredible endurance. And uh, he just hops on on top of cars and, like, rides on, like, planes and just, like... Goes underwater. Yeah, just very crazy feats of, like, indomitable spirit to just help people out. So he goes to um, Africa, basically stops... um, the hostage situation asks the guy to take his glasses off (laughs) before he chucks them. He's like, sir, can you please take your glasses off before I toss you all the way across the field? Because he doesn't want to break his glasses. Right. And then so kind. um, at the end of like saving these 200 um, girls, he's like, I brought some candy to cheer everyone up. Yeah. But it comes with an ultimatum, which is just, they don't say a word about who saved them. Yeah. So he wanted the secrecy, but the once the story broke, the people know in town like who did that because it's like their town secret. And uh, they rat him out. I know it made me hate the the, it, the old lady. Yeah, it was just sort of like, yo, mind your own business. Yeah, like I thought he's just she, doing good, and she, they wanted to cash in on the tip. The ending, like, pissed me off so much. Because in the beginning, she even, like, tells the the new girl in town, like, it's the he's our town secret. Like, I just wanted to let you know. He's special. Yeah. And then she goes around and is like, how much money do you think that we'd get for telling that it's him? Yeah. Stupid B. Yeah. He, he, um, (laughs) he's doing these deeds, and I don't. I think the simplest thing about him is at the end when he looks out the window and he's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. He actually, like, says like that as he's looking innocent, out. the most like, reaction ever. To, like, floods of media just being like, so, tell me, tell me, tell me. So, um, and it's and it's a full page of just him looking out the window. Yeah. Which I think, yeah, Albuquerque does an amazing job. And with Millar, it's, it's crazy that he just, he'll drop titles every once in a while. And I always think of him with, like, uh, Millar world, and I think of him as like this yeah. figure, but sometimes he just silently drops titles. I was like, man, well, that was, Starlight that was, was really, really good. good. Starlight. Yeah, Starlight was awesome, and it's not, they're not like Part of his, talked up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And They're not like kick ass. Oh, Albuquerque did eight. 
Oh yeah, that's it was right. That book with all the like uh, the art is really like blue and yellow and black is like the primary yes, because each color stood for a different time period. Depending on whether it was like a flashback, really, it was blue. Where if if he was in that like future world, it was yellow, and then if it was like oh, I didn't yeah. know that. I just yeah, I yeah. only ever really saw the covers because I was waiting in the, in the beginning of the book where they're like oh mm. like uh where he shows the, the watch. He's like he's like oh when it glows green, you're gonna be in the future. When it glows like blue, got it. You're gonna be here, and then when it's because I haven't, re- I was waiting yeah. for it to be collected because I don't know how far, how far is it? It, it was finished. all yellow. It's done. Mm-hmm. It's completely done. <laughs> yeah, where Thanks the fuck Coldplay. have I been? Um, I but yes, put it on a trade already. Um, Huck, read it. It's it's awesome. It's um, a great one. Uh, yeah. And I yeah. think, yeah, there's nothing confirming like how long it's gonna go. Mm. If it's like a mini series or. Yeah. A running. Yep. Sweet. That was mine. But it's cute. Aristotle, what's your second book? Yeah, yeah. Back um, to you. I was really happy with this book. I read Secret Wars 2, what? number one. T zero uh, or T O O T O O. You need to specify. Secret Wars T O O, number one. Also, uh, as well. And it's like an anthology issue of just like uh, funny stories kind of poking fun at the Secret Wars event and the first story in it was written by Jonathan Hickman and it's him in what is almost this world so he's in like the Marvel almost our world or almost like it's our world except he's hanging out with Doctor Doom okay so wait who's hanging out with Doctor Doom Jonathan Hickman oh so like he's in the book and it's him at the the big meeting where he just finishes the pitch for Secret Wars. And there's a lot of familiar faces, but I don't know the whole team at Marvel, so I can't say who everyone is. But the assuming the head guy of this meeting is like uh, saying, all right, everybody, so wrap up your stories on your books because we're doing Secret Wars. And then John, Hick, Jonathan, it shows how Jonathan Hickman just kind of having like trouble. Like, I don't have an ending <laughs> for the story. I can't get... I, I'm so, is that... Oh fuck yeah, yeah. Sam Humphreys. Yeah, and Brian Michael. Aaron. I recognize Brian Michael. Brian Michael Bendis, like for Jason sure, Aaron. like from a mile away. Oh, that's it's a table sure. and it's got like all the creative, all like the the, the, big... the the creative team at Marvel it's writing the books. I think so. That's what it kind of. I couldn't tell. That is so. I do like but, the cover. How it's like Doctor Doom in college. It, it like weird high, high school. The chips, chips Zdarsky's cover. Great cover. Oh, but, um, it is. Like it's this just Jonathan is, uh, Hickman worrying. That's Jonathan Hickman. Yeah. yeah, like I don't have a I don't have a way to end this story, and now it's so much writing on me, and just making fun of like it had to move to nine issues, and the the number ones all came out, and everyone in his story is mad at him because they had to like finish up their stories to do Secret Wars and then have a new number one. Yeah, and it's done so well, and it's so funny. Doctor Doom's giving him shit. <laughs> So Doctor Doom is like in our world too. Yeah, there's a funny joke about like Jonathan Hickman wants to go get a hot dog, and Doom says, "I don't eat that." Is it I was only like, the- why? Why is it like blah blah blah? And it says, "It's it just can't fit through my mouth hole." <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So, then, uh, does it refer to the fact that you're getting Secret Wars two number one before or, you get the end of Secret Wars? Yes, at the end of the book. The last page, it's like, uh, it's like, hey, it says, we... well, wasn't Secret Wars number eight great? Oh, wait, 
You mean you haven't gotten it yet? But we already read Invincible Iron Man. Doesn't that mean that Miles... Oh, wait. There's nine issues now? Oh, <laughs> well, you'll read Secret Wars when you read Secret Wars. It'll be great. <laughs> what? Like, and then, how do you like, just have the makes... foresight of, In... like, people getting tired of your event that mm. you make a comic? It's really <laughs> I mean, funny. It's well kind done. of... It's kind of cool, mm-hmm. but it's but like, like, like what oh. the fuck? <laughs> the, the last, the the end of Jonathan Hickman's story is like he goes to the two heads and he's saying, like, I don't have a story. What should I do? And like, we trust you. And he says, Well, what happens if I fail? What happens if I succeed? And it's like, Well, if you succeed, you'll obviously be rewarded. More money's out of the question, though. If you fail, <laughs> comics. <laughs> if you fail, well, we're just gonna have to fire you. And then it like it, it kind of ends with Jonathan Hickman, two thousand eight to two thousand fifteen, because <laughs> he's leaving, right? He's not working for Marvel, or did Is they he fire staying him? At Image? No, I don't know. No, well, because I know so, he's done with Marvel. Oh yeah. After this. So the way a lot of the things, a lot of these uh, comics is very interesting in the way that uh, when you start off a small writer, you don't necessarily always. Uh, uh, there's an assumption sometimes made that you're going to get like a, a really good job. Deal, you're, look, keep I'm going to go get. Yeah, Marvel, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, well, not necessarily or, like, keep writing yeah, for Marvel, yeah. but you're going to keep writing like your comics and they're going to sell and you're going to be able to sustain yourself which isn't always the case uh what usually ends up happening is that you get a monogram amount of noticed by one of the big two is the hope so you can then through that uh uh get a title where you're facilitated uh, a bigger name uh that's why a lot of the like indie guys stop writing indie comics and start writing um comics for one of the big two because most of the time they the contract that they give you is like you're our writer for the next blank amount of years. Um, which a lot of times I'm assuming can be really fun. And a lot of people do stay with the company that they, that they choose to stay with. Um, but if you have your own stories and your own things that you want to get out there to make your own money, uh, by having it, your property turned into movie video game, board game whatever you know you want to turn into you at this point have hopefully garnered enough attention from the general public by writing for one of the big two that Mm -hmm. you can go do that on your own now because you have your set of fans and they'll yeah which Which he totally does i mean a la brubaker yeah brubaker all that who can pretty much he wrote for both and now he has a five-year deal with image but yeah, well, and Hick- that- Hick- Hickman has so much image already. Yeah. yeah, he he did. But do you know anybody who strictly wrote, ever like read his nightly news comic? Who read it? Yeah, like outside of like here, like I mean, outside we of- have it as a collection. Yeah, we do. But how many people come and asking for it? That's not the one that they ask for the most. They ask for East of West. They ask like for Manhattan the Project the most. They do. Oh. Yeah. Manhattan but Project. Once is again, the one. that's another. That's book. the most accessible book. That's, that yeah. that's a. It's not. It's it, yeah. It is. It's like what on its like. I, how many issues is it in? I mean, it's, accessible, it's accessible as in, in like as in like content, not like where it's at in its run. It's not space epicy. Yeah, well, it's not, not ambiguous. He's just Nightly playing with his like self-contained within a six-issue run. Uh, the Pax Romana is self-contained with a six-issue run. Mm-hmm. Like those, you, yeah. It's, I mean, you don't really need to know a whole lot to go right. in, but nobody really asks for those. If you mean accessible, as in like 
can just jump right in whoever, sure. But it's I like, mean it like in the content is not as cerebral as what he usually does. It's great, and he does like push like there was another thoughts of reality he did that was but... Red Wing. Did you ever read Red Wing? No, I didn't. It came out around the same time Manhattan Project was out. Mm. That's what I'm talking about. Like, but it's just once you get that property that mm-hmm. you're going to continue working on, it's you kind of try to make that one the thing. Like out of all of these, I think. I think Pax Romana is some studio owns the property to it. Um, I think also Nightly News. Uh, I'm not sure about the other Jumpster Manhattan. I love the fuck out of a Secret Wars movie. God damn! God okay. damn it! Uh, it's so good forever. I, I don't care I don't that know. I don't know the ending. It's, it's so good. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, it is. They, I mean, they they would probably do like a thing where they'd say like just watch Wars, Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and then just, just change it. And not that's yet. also a joke in this. Because like Age of Ultron. Yeah. Not Age of Ultron. That's a joke. Well, not specifically Age of Ultron, but that's a joke in the book that I yeah. like. God, I going back to it. I love the fuck out of this book. There's great stories <laughs> by Al Ewing, Kate Leth. Kyle Starks, Rob Gilroy. Kate Leth, who I believe moved out here now. Yeah. So she moved from Canada? Yep. Yeah. Ryan Brown and Eric Powell. And goddamn, I loved every single story. They were all fucking hilarious. Kate Leth is about, um, her story was America I'm Chavez. I'm waiting for her Hellcat. Yeah. Really. America Chavez, fuck yeah, dude. America They're Chavez doing enough and uh, old timey. She's uh, on the new Ultimates book. What's the female Hawkeye's name? Kate? Kate Bishop? Kate Bishop. Old-timey Kate Bishop. And they go looking for pizza because Kate Bishop doesn't know what pizza is, but she just has a feeling she needs to go find pizza. <laughs> and then they end up finding Pizza Dog. That's great. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Goddamn. I love the fuck out of this book. So it's a good book? Yeah, it was. What's your second one? Eddie? My second one is a book that I've been waiting for for quite some time. Uh, Batman Europa. Uh, if this book has a lot of people working on it, uh, a oh, wow. lot of people working on it. I mean, ex- I mean, not an excessive amount. Right like, away, you know who's Batman. It is pretty clearly. Uh, yes, yes, and no. Uh, the cover gives you that, but yeah. Um, Jim Lee, uh, Brian Azzarello are the big two names on here. Uh, there's also uh, Matteo. Casali and uh, who's also doing the story with Brian Azzarello and the layouts are done by Giuseppe Camuncoli uh, and the pencils and finishes are done by Jim Lee. Uh, the colors which I yeah the colors which I much uh, I have to mention uh, Alex St. Clair is doing them and they are gorgeous. They, uh, are. they uh, add a very soft palette to Jim Lee's like uh, tough uh, edges. Uh, Shading and yeah, it's, penciling. Yeah, the last Jim Lee Batman outside of like a cover uh, that I remember is his Hush run uh, and his All Star Superman run, mm-hmm. which I believe was the same colors that did both. Um, but for this, the this... covers, I don't think they did the interior, did they? What I thought that was more like matte, like a matte finish. Like no, I'm flatter. saying like All Star Batman and All Star and and Batman Hush. Oh, okay. Uh, it was the like same the artist. same colors. Like you look at his art there, and you look at his art in Batman Europa mm-hmm. and like the color is like it's it, like it's a like I said it's 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 softer it's it's yeah. like I feel like it looks like a, little a dream bit more it's almost like a Dustin Newen like soft yeah. coloring mm-hmm. to it um uh so but the book the book itself 
um, Batman is fighting uh, Killer Croc, and he notices that he's become more sluggish, uh, almost as if he has some type of cold. Uh, he goes back to to uh, the Batcave, and his computer has gotten a virus. Hmm. And it says, your computer now has a virus. Good luck. Or, like, you, you now have a virus. Good luck getting rid of it. You have seven days to, like, uh, get rid of it. And he's like, it's not talking about the computer. And he takes off his glove and looks at his fingers, and his fingers have this weird red, like, tint to them. And he's like, I'm infected with something. I'm dying. And so him and Alfred look up, like, um, look up his DNA. And indeed, he's he's being killed by a virus that has targeted his DNA specifically. Mm. And so someone knew he was Bruce Wayne. Exactly. And so he tracks down. He's trying to track down the one person that he thinks has done it, which is the Joker. And upon finding the Joker, the Joker has already found, um, the person who implanted the computer virus onto his computer but not necessarily the person who's given them the 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 infection mm-hmm. and so the joker's been given a set of clues and batman's been given a set of clues and uh the joker also has this infection Oh, so it's like a race team up. to see who. Yeah, so they're like Bat- Batman's telling him like, "We have to, we have to, we have to do this." And Joker's like, "We, we have to put like, like differences." Yeah, pretty much. And Divide so it ends with them going like, "Well, Joker's always wanted it to be a team." Yeah, you know when you really stop and think of the psychology of the Joker, he always wants it to be the two of them. He he doesn't want the game to stop. No, no. He but doesn't want Batman and dead. It's, uh, and if anyone's going to kill Batman, it's going to be him. We have to work together. So Define them. <laughs> so it's it's this book ends with them uh, teaming up. Or basically saying, agreeing to team up. Yeah. yeah. So they don't die. But it's, it's a fun book. Uh, the, the art's really great. Um... Speaking of Brian Azzarello, yes, I felt like I saw a not necessarily informed article that was like he basically did all of Dark Knight three completely with no help from Frank Miller. Hmm. Um, I can't, whole... I can't imagine that no. necessarily that they would just put Frank Miller's name on there just for name's yeah. sake. But Frank Miller has been very sick. Yeah. Don't start that. And that Azarello didn't. <laughs> Sorry. Huh. Uh, Miller has been very sick, and that Azarello has probably taken a large amount of control over the project is is a possibility. But I'm assuming Frank is still in there. I mean, he's Alive. done a couple of covers. No, they're not. doing a weekend at Bernie's to finish Dark Knight Three. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, it's weird. We can't, like, he's not here for the signing. I don't know. It's hey, strange. there's, like, um, an advertisement in the back. What's Robin War? It has the... Robin War is something we got some advanced notice about. Yeah, it's, it's like the Court of Owls mask with the uh, Robin the R. Crossover event. Yeah, the, the Batman and Robin uh, Eternal, I think, is leading into that. And We Are Robin. And we are Robin, which oh, is yeah. great. That's really great cool. Just like the, the street Arnold kids Arnold. are all Robin. Yeah, I love that. I... 
As soon as I saw that, that was yeah. one of my favorite things. I was like, all these kids are just wearing Robin R. I was like, yeah. fuck yes. Like, I would do this as a kid. Like, if, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I pretty much did that. I had the, uh, like, chest plate from yeah. Batman Forever. <laughs> I just wear that because. <laughs> I am Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, oh, Chris, Chris O'Donnell. O'Donnell. Yeah, dude, yeah. he was the he was the dude. I mean, nowhere near anywhere close to a good translation, but an awesome dude. I still watch his movies. I like those movies. No, like for the wrong too. reason. Well, I yeah. that this, this also reminds me of a joke. Going back to Secret Wars, too, really mm-hmm. quick. There's a, a oh, we did yours already. I know, yeah. but there's a joke that <laughs> that Derek is gonna either like or not like. Um, most likely not. Right, lay it on yeah, me. Most likely not. Here we go. Uh, there's a story where Spider-Man saves Uncle Ben, but then you find out Uncle Ben was a thief, and so then someone tries to come in and kill Uncle Ben, and their name was Gliderman, and it was his Uncle Glenn that Uncle Ben stole from, and then like it just keeps going where there's heroes, villains, and it's like, I'm the healthcare provider man, <laughs> and uh, Large large Hadron Super Collider Man, Ring nice. Binder Divider Man's. Will no one listen to the pain of Zack Snyder, man? (laughs) (laughs) My, I thought that was funny. It's just like constantly, Eiderman, and then Uncle Jen, Ben, Kren, Gen. They want to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah. They want to distract everyone from the fact that we don't have an end of the story, and then they want to take pot shots. At I, that's, the rival uh, film <laughs> company's spearhead director. Okay, cool, Marvel. Great. That's my so, reaction. So, Jeanette, what did you read? What was your book? What oh, was your book? My other one was... Um, Huck. 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 Huck? Yeah. No. So we were talking That's why it was a joint. Yeah. Fuck yes, that it up. it was a joint one. So that's all the more reason for you to go out and get Huck. Because yes. it is that good of a book. Double right. And it's a quick read. I don't it's, know about you guys... Maybe it's because I li- I live I almost said the work in a shop where they are like yeah read up because we want you to be informed on the product and I don't have to buy, but I don't know if it's just because that's that is my situation that I have so many books to read that I really appreciate the quick reads yeah because mm. I feel like if I was buying I'd be like oh I just spent um, and it flew like by. four dollars but I don't know I. Because then I just feel like I can keep rereading and rereading and then right. looking at the art and appreciating it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the quick reads. Can I um, also suggest that yes. um, last week, Jason Aaron's The Goddamned. Mm. Yeah. Ugh. I thought it was hilarious. We made that um, Kimmy's pick of the week. Did you really? Because everyone's like, what's Kimmy? Goddamned. That seems like super. It's so uncharacteristic. <laughs> yeah. So awesome, though. Was oh, it? Yeah, I really, really liked it. So I just wanted to throw that one out there. I know it's last week's, but it's goddamn good. Yeah, we also had. Um, uh, I brought up a American Alien to talk about it, and Eddie was like, "No, we don't need to talk about that book, even though it's sold out." It like, was really, really good. Fast. That's all. It's, Wait, did we honestly... talk about it? No, we didn't. No. Like, I started, oh. and then Eddie's like, Argh. "Wait, what's American Alien?" Oh, because we were because we Max Landis's book, Dave's oh interview. It's we almost like forever. his love letter to like <laughs> Superman. I yeah, I've been wanting to take I will on say Superman this, and my idea of Superman last for page, forever. The uh-huh. last the last spread in that comic. Yes. Is one of my favorite things uh, about that book. Remind um, me what it was. It's Martha's like Spoiler. desk. Oh yeah, and all the what? little things going on in it. 
I just just pick it up. My God, all the little nuances in there's so much story in like one in page. That fuck yeah, yeah. dear God, because the entire time I was like, oh okay, it's like a, an origin, but it's just so different. Yeah, yeah the it's so the, good. the focal point of this one page is Prozac for Martha Kent. It's like three bottles, like of like three different types of depression medicine. Yeah. Oh my God. And you're like, oh, and you find out why. It's okay. And then like the cancer painted in a completely different light. Now, not a negative light, but like a, a, a light that I'm like, yeah, like that's very, that's a lot more relatable. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, the Martian cancer, the, um, well, talking- the point that I liked that they brought up in this, which I was like, if you're going to have like an origin Superman, it's like, what thing have we not really tackled yet? Yeah. And I appreciated that it was placed in the very first issue was when his powers are, like, coming in and out and he can't, like, control them, he um, basically breaks a movie theater bathroom because oh. he just doesn't like the image that he sees in the mirror, which they artistically he gets, he gets, made E.T. He gets frustrated oh. and, like, he punches the wall and his dad's like, you're a jerk. Yeah. He's like... Don't turn into Yeah, but he, did, he didn't lay it on him like that. He's like, that's what a jerk does, and I know you're not a jerk. Yeah. Uh, but then then Clark kind of comes to the realization on his own. He's like, I, like they come back to the subject. like that, yeah. you're not just hurting. And the way that yeah, he Landis like, like, phrased it, he was like, I'm just thinking of the fact that somebody made that glass to be fitted for a mirror, and they fitted it onto the wall of the movie theater that somebody built and like all the people that come into like building things, yeah, all the unity yeah. that comes into something of getting something made that you're ruining. and, and that got destroyed. And yeah. he's like, I can't do that. So the other, I is- like that the collateral damage talk that is like everyone is freaking out that Snyder like shows the things that I've been watching in like Justice League Unlimited, which is Superman going through buildings. The yeah. thing that's already existed, everyone's freaking out like that's a reckless Superman. While I can argue to the point that it's like no, like that's a version of Superman. I like that the time was taken in this book to say, yo, if you're Superman, he, he you thinks need, about it. You need to think about the collateral yeah. damage. Um, and I feel like given that thing that we saw at the end that one page collateral damage can come in many different forms well, the, the other thing that i that human or was, building was the fact that it brings in more than just martha and and um jonathan as to knowing what superman can mm-hmm. do yeah like the neighbors like eh, <laughs> like Oh, your kid's weird? Yeah. All right, let's go get the plane and fish him out of the, the sky. sky. Yeah, and then, like, the doctors are like, yeah, but we all know he's weird. Yeah. And it's like... There's that thing. Is just everyone, like, are these, like, other people in on it? And they're just, like, like in Huck, where they're just like, he's just... The- yeah, it was almost special. the exact same, yeah. like, thing. It's, like, small town, and it's like, well, nothing bad's happening right yeah. now. He's just strange. He's special. Yeah. 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 Speaking of... Uh, Space though an alien. Speaking of space, yes, and this space. this is a, a good segue into the last portion of of the podcast. Before uh, we go ahead, I know before we we get, get into the interview. Before we uh, go into the interview, so we didn't even talk about beforehand. No, yeah. um, for those of you uh, um, that didn't see the little 
note that we'll have about the episode. The title of the episode. The title. Um, is, I mean. is uh, we uh, had the fortune to um, interview Craig Thompson. And uh, that was when he was here for signing for his book, Space Dumplings. And we are going to sit down and talk to him about the book, about other... Very uh, heartfelt po- Yeah, it was. Um, I have to, like, admit something. Um, the the Grant interview, he was such a... He was such a he was such a mystic oh. and an enigma that like I was confused by. Life. Yeah, it was yeah. it was it was one of those things like everyone like that I talked to was like, man, like that interview, like I would have been like in a puddle and stuff like that. That's what like Mike Levine said or Levine. Yeah. What is it? Mike Levine. Okay, Levine. okay, Levine. Well, actually, I'm. Okay, I'm sorry, Mike. He's told, Mike, yeah, yeah, sorry. We yeah, still love. Had you on the yes. show. Love you. We'll write all the praise about. Oh, the flesh you will eat. Um, but he was like, man, like I would have just been like a mess. And I was like, yeah, I don't know what it was, but it was like for Grant, I could hold it together. For Craig, when you give it a listen, it's just like it dawns on me halfway through the interview. It's like, my God, this this, this guy has like really impacted my life as yeah. a creative type. Like the the places that he goes in terms of a like I I think a truth teller. Like that's how he kind of made his career was he told truths about his life or he he showed the truths of like love and things like that in Habibi. He like incorporated real and, life and that's, very human and emotion. Yeah. And, and that, that came across like when he sat down with us, like he opens with talking about how like, Oh, I'm a nervous wreck and like things like that. And I would never know that on the outside just because of how nice he's treating you. Mm-hmm. Oh, so he's like, just, he's like, like super... he has it all in there and he claims it. And like, sometimes like he'll show it in his like works, but I just I, I never got that sense. It was almost like he was he was helping me through the interview because I was like trying to be like, all right, just don't fanboy. Yeah. And like we <laughs> fanboyed, we did. But afterwards. also you've been saying we, and it, it, this was a an interview that you did that you also did very well. Well, very, yeah. I can't wait Ar- to hear Aristotle it was after this. I yeah. was just doing audio stuff. Aristotle was was pretty. He, he was he was great support in there, but, but he's a he good was here wingman. Supporting his, he was yeah. Here. Uh, so space dumplings. So if you if you know his his work, um, he'll say it in the interview that it's basically he wanted to take on a children's book, and the protagonist is um, loosely based off. Um, although I think he pretty much tells her it's like this is you, um, someone he knows in real life. Aww. And uh, so this was kind of like incorporating her into a story. But he definitely like has all of his um, previous fans in mind. There's like references to his other books, and just the style of of his storytelling is like, okay, this is as much for you guys too as it is to you know spark the imaginations of 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 younger readers bringing kids back into comics yeah and so basically the the female protagonist um she uh the book opens up with a very big event um uh, she is with her dad um who is like a working class type um basically he he wrangles waste left behind by space whales and and other creatures and um and then he takes on like these very mysterious jobs that it's like I'm not informing my family about because I have to support them. Mm-hmm. But that happens after her um, school is destroyed. Oh, completely. Her- and her- all of her friends seem to get plugged into a nice school, 
that they go to visit and she gets declined to. So they start looking at all these other schools as options. One is like the equivalent of just a shed in a field where it's like, we learned to write and read here. Um, and then another one is like this Orwellian, like Protestant, like just beat the education into and scream it at you. And all the kids are like in black uniforms and look like basically pilgrims. And then there's another one that's meant to be like the inner city, like teacher doesn't give a fuck and can't handle all of these kids. Um, So it's cool because we talk about how like Craig, um, he mentions, yeah, sometimes uh, like things, policies or like things about um, our country just sort of creep their way in. I'm in space, but... We, we talk about, um, you know, uh, uh, climate change and the effect that we're having, our global footprint. That'll just make its way in. And we talk about how that sort of is like a, a benchmark for how long we're not grasping that we need to do more. Is the fact that he takes forever on his books, mm. but it's still a problem. And every time where he puts the book out is like there's something wrong. That's never the... What? The, the big like theme, but it's always like sort of there. Same with education, um, and so that that was those were really cool things that were worked into the book with this like fantastic backdrop. What other books has he done? So he's done Habibi blankets, blankets. and uh, Goodbye, Goodbye Chunky Rugs. Yeah, um, and those are all. Those are we have those here, with the exception of Goodbye Chunky Rice, because I think it's it's hard, like something to do with the publisher. It's it's like harder it, to get your hands. I, on. I found a copy of that. It's like some bargain bin for like a dollar and some like random like. It's like you don't know what you have. And I was just like, oh my god. Yeah, the same with because uh, the, uh, the cover looks like a kid's book. Like it's got like a it turtle is. and a rabbit on it. Yeah. Like and you know it is, but it's just but yeah. This is the first. You know, <laughs> this is like him being like, all right, let's just lean also, in. Can we talk about how much? Book you get for fifteen dollars? It's yeah. seriously, it's like one of the best deals that we have here. It's and it's he's he does There's such a, a good lot job of story in there. with black and white and the colors in this are amazing. I also like how the dad is straight up like a lumberjack. Oh, oh, and he's got tats. And my, stuff? Yeah. my favorite part is that when he gets into the like um, astro suit uh-huh. that he jets around outside of the spaceship in, it's like detailed with flannel. Is it really? Yeah. I didn't so see like that the part. shoulder pads, like he's in a flannel shirt, and as he's getting in, the same like pattern is in, <coughs> is on his. He's just always rocking the, yeah. the flannel. Um, and then one thing I really appreciated, I um, he didn't say it here, but I feel like I was picking up definitely from just sort of the the remnants of the Lord of Light thing that we had here, the way that he depicts the astro civilizations is very kirby-esque i thought it was a lot of the um tubes and the trans uh, transportation and the way that the cities are structured in the distance and the like backdrop like if you look there it just it looks a lot like a mixture of like jack kirby and then like the jetsons yeah um which i thought was very jetsons yeah um and then there's some of the ships are like shaped like hamburgers and um there's it's just so much fun, fun. there's looking. a nanny that just like her belly like opens up and just like it's a like carriage. she's a robo like nanny and just like swallows the kids That's hilarious. um and yeah the the every character has kind of a a clear goal 
that they want mm-hmm. and um, you're invested in each of their goals and you understand them. And, and for instance, the dad is a really awesome dad figure, but he has to, he has to go off. He like completely disappears in the narrative and that becomes a plot point of, he took on this basically suicide mission mm. um, and uh, that that's all because of the economic pressure yeah. that was on them. And the, the, the wife's been waiting around for forever um, to get like this promotion where her fashion is taken seriously. Mm. And the girls make fun of um, the daughter of Violet because she um, has handmade clothes. Yeah. And I think that that's such a, uh, real thing that's a thing yeah with with kids it's like all the reasons that you are unique your mom who is in fashion makes your clothes for you you don't have the designer clothes though that everyone else is wearing so it, i think it 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 really shows you like what does it mean to be unique not well, in a I mean, like generic like, stance I, I but like that. embracing the fact that i come from a family of yeah my dad like wrangles did you did, waste I, I don't know. and I my mean, mom makes fashion did you if you had that like in kansas but i remember out here um did you say kansas did you say kansas yeah, no one sorry kansas. I was, we were talking about superman who had just <laughs> i was thinking kansas i'm kansas. like i'm like a snake just I'm, looking I'm him so in the sorry. eye and like head darting like dude Look, I'm asleep in six, so... It's okay. Um, I don't know if you had that, like, in Iowa, where... I, I mean, you, you got that, where you got that as a kid. Like, I remember being in elementary school, and that was, like... Everyone was wearing, like, Jordans and stuff, and it's... I remember wearing, like, some, like, knockoff, like, Reeboks. Yeah. That, like, my mom got at a swap meet, and, like, I got made fun of it forever. Yeah. I call it aggressive negotiation. The kids in my school were wearing, like, DGAF and KMK stuff. The the fanciest shoes I got, and I was so excited when I got them. Uh, I was in fifth grade, and it was these Converse, but the Converse mm-hmm. with the goo in them. Yeah. Oh, nice. Do you? I don't know if you yeah. guys remember them. Yeah. Aristotle, were you too young for that? Okay. I don't know. There was. I mean, it, I think it would have. They weren't al- around for a long time. That's the thing. They were around yeah. for maybe like that year, and then they would, like, like they moved on to the next yeah. thing. It was just a fade. Um, but it was those, and then my friend got those like shoes from that they used to advertise in Legends of the Hidden Temple all the time. Oh, the, yeah. the light up ones. Yeah, yeah. The LA, LA yeah. I think LA like lights or something like that. Yeah. And same thing. It was like, oh man, those shoes are the shit. Like, and I was so happy with like the goose shoes. But <laughs> after being in the sun for too long, they would dry up. And you just have these like gross, crusty, crusty looking shoes. So yeah, I remember. I remember. I got made fun of uh, because I was in choir. Mm. Like it was like there was like three guys in choir, and then like twenty six girls Ladies. in in there. And it was always like the guys would make fun of me because yeah. I was in choir. But it's like but you, were you just the lady butt. Yeah. It, well, I was also Boy. in middle school. Attention. But yeah, it, yeah. It was it was sort of like you you just don't have a clue yeah. do you you have you have no understanding of what happens when i go in there it's just only three of us so there's the same thing about being in home ec because you could either take home ec or you could take like a what was essentially wood like wood shop or auto like shop a, yeah was that and i was like i like food <laughs> so why not yeah so yeah. why not that um i was never given the answer so yeah so, so that would that i just wanted i like that we shared sort of our like yeah I, the unique like yeah. we 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 are unique, and it's nice sometimes when we're reminded the fact that yeah. we're unique, and that's what makes us cool, not what 
should we be put wear. to shame for yeah. us. Yeah. And um, it's what makes us special. So I, I feel like Space Dumplings does that with each character that it does uh, that it shows that it introduces. It shows what it is they want and why that makes them unique and why we should accept that that is a positive for them and and mm-hmm. and thusly makes you accept a positive about yourself. Dope. And accept maybe our interview or your interview with yes. Craig Thompson. Yes. That we hope everyone enjoys. So uh, have fun. Give it a listen. Um, We're going to transition, transition oh, into... Uh, before oh, we go into shit. that, sorry. <laughs> um, Shout out to this guy. Uh, Fuck you can edit this out in case... God damn it. It's not. It doesn't come out the way it should be. But we're not doing an episode next week. Am I too? Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. It is undecided whether we're doing an episode next week or not. Um, but because it's if not next, because it's Thanksgiving. But if not, uh, if not next week, the week after, join us for our book club meeting, which we will be discussing V for Vendetta. For yes. Vendetta. Use this. I feel like I feel like a teacher. All right. We're giving you a week. Yeah. Read it. Use this time. Be Use here it with us. Don't spend time with your family eating turkey. Read V for Vendetta. It's better. Trust me, it's better than Tis. your family. It is indeed. But I can't stress enough how much better V for Vendetta is than your family. You think it's not, but it's better than your family. <laughs> After we just got done talking about yeah, family is important. Yay. Books are important. Um, uh, Comics are knowledge important. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Thank you all for listening. And now please enjoy else. the interview with... And very, very, Craig very last thing. Thompson. Oh Join us here for Black Friday. Yeah. Come in Black Friday. Come from Starting at midnight. Starting at midnight, we immediately after Thanksgiving. Crazy sales every hour on the Craig, hour. Craig, 3 yes. a.m. to 5 a.m. is 41% off. That is Craig, the peak. Crazy sales. That is what a- everyone is aiming for. Come so see me and Francisco. Yes. And that's most likely it. Crazy. Once again, crazy books, sales. comic books are better than family. So, uh. Yay. Better than TV deals and Blu-ray player deals. But seriously, enjoy the Craig, interview. interview. Craig yeah, enjoy sales. the interview now. Yeah, Craig Thompson. I got, I got that shit out of my system. Here we go. All right, thank you guys very much for joining us uh, for the interview portion. We are speaking with Craig Thompson, um, and we're very thankful for you uh, joining us today. He's going to be talking about his new book, Space Dumpling. Um, but first I want to, uh, uh, just say that if you type into YouTube, um, you will find that Craig Thompson interview, uh, the first video that it goes to is from the, the talk back you had a a few years back. Yeah. That was four years ago for, for Habibi book tour. Yeah. And I, I was at the shop. I think when they, uh, when I first started working here, they were kind of like, all right, take a look at everything that we've done we want you to like grow on this and so um i watched it and i was just it was the first thing that was sort of my initiation to here was was watching that and learning from you and really yeah that's so, the starting point i know i know it's it's so I, I i wanted to get that out of the way just basically to say you guys can watch that and sort of catch up uh if you want to yeah that touches on my Adult graphic novels. Whereas it, now I'm on. You, now you're on kids and, and oh, things yeah, like kids all ages. Yeah. Um, uh, so I I was really fascinated though with a lot of the points that were brought up in that um, video, and I didn't want to rehash anything, but I I wanted to sort of um, from a, a rudimentary point just talk about when do you feel like you artistically came into your own? Because there was a there was a point where I feel like I was listening to you say like 
um, I sort of I, I bounced around uh, for a while because I wasn't necessarily sure I wanted to be doing art and 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 comics like that. And when what was that sort of interim? Like? Well, in that case, I don't know if I've ever come into my own artistically because there's a constant self doubt really? process of self doubt. Yeah, because um, now I'm I'm almost done with book tour, mm-hmm. and so I'm finally going to be able to settle down and think about future projects. But I definitely feel in a really doubtful, uncertain space. You, you and anytime you're about to on the, on the verge of starting a new graphic novel, yeah, I mean that's a pretty daunting task if it's going to mean like years. So do you think it up. ramps up like right when you're about to start your next project? Uh, no. Or like I in think the, it's, just the, constant. it's just constant. Yeah. In fact. I mean, let's see. I don't even know what I was referring to necessarily. <laughs> I mean, so this like, is great. I've like stressed you my out. My first book was started. Goodbye Chunky Rice, my first full length yeah. book, and that happened because I was doing mini comics, and I happened to run into this guy who was a bartender at an Italian restaurant in Portland, Oregon, who had uh, his mother had died. He had some inheritance money. He was going to start a publishing company oh, okay, called yeah. Primal Groove Press. Yeah, and they. Um, he published, he was a one-person operation putting out an anthology called Top Shelf. This is the birth of the publishing right. operation, We Top still Shelf. have a lot of their stuff here. We have lots of it. Yeah, they still exist. Yeah. Now they, they're bought out by IDW, so they're right. a different beast. But yeah. um, that my first book only existed because I was working on a mini-comic that was 20 pages long, and he saw it on my, my table, my drawing table, and he said, oh, if you flesh this out into a, a full-length book, like 100 pages, mm-hmm. I'll publish it. So that's yeah. how that happened. So I, I, it was the prompt that got me started. Okay. And then with Blankets, I feel like I was really just kind of r- ripping off uh, what I was seeing in the French comic scene, which I probably talked about in that Yeah, yeah, you, sh- you show the uh, the panels, and um, they're similar, but I don't think it's like Well, they weren't conscious rip-off. rip-offs. So right. I, yeah, I reference uh, Blutch and Baudouin, two French cartoonists, whose work I had seen, I didn't own their work, but I'd seen it, and it really planted yeah, the idea it, for blankets. For if you doing think you're ripping, your, or you're ripping off people, you sure cite them uh, a lot, because um, it's like... it's. I think every car- young cartoonist does yeah. the same. You know, your influences, you wear them on your sleeve. Um, speaking of uh, young cartoonists, and not, not necessarily to say that uh, I'm a cartoonist, but um, I'm very weird about how I do social media, and my profile picture right now... Uh, for Twitter is um, one of our clerks, uh, uh, Eddie, and also the host of our 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 other partners in crime for Melcast. Yeah, um, I did um, I did a version of him as Buddha um, in uh, nowhere near as graceful graceful um, styling of, Ooh, of like Habibi. Um, and then oh yeah, okay, I, I can see. I, the I looked up uh, Eddie. Um, in sort of the Arabic language, is he that peaceful of a a presence, um, Eddie. He's he causes a ruckus sometimes, but he's got a, a a sort of zen-like approach to the ruckus. Um, but yeah, I, I I can just remember one of my earliest like doodlings was sort of like how can I even come close to uh, the work in Habibi? So it was it was really it's really cool to be sitting here now. <laughs> I'm, now this is where I start to fanboy. Uh, but I'll go back to. Um, uh, do you think then that sometimes you've you've referred to like um, like you you get like anxious or you're 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 nervous about the next work and you you say that it's like a constant thing but when I when I see you now and then when I see you in videos um, it it seems like it seems like you do a good job of composing it all so is it is it a driving force that helps you like I just want to get through this project and get done. Or do you find energy to keep going 
just no it's up and it's up and down and actually with the new book space dumplings yeah the writing process was really fun yeah i wrote I, it, it's it's a comedy essentially yeah and i wrote it quickly and it was like my favorite time in my life being it was it was after a big epic habibi book tour which was roughly a year long yeah and then there's that time where you're just like really spent on travel and I was so happy to be back in Portland, and I was throwing in all these inside jokes, and you know, it's all ages comedy with spaceships, yeah, and monsters, and, and it's um, it's it's color now, yeah, it's, it's color, and that's Dave Stewart uh, mm-hmm. of Hellboy fame, nine-time Eisner Award winner, so, so an old friend. We yeah. used to work at uh, my last real job. The last time I worked at a real job was ninety ninety-eight at Dark Horse Comics as a graphic designer. And uh, Dave worked there at that time, too, as an in-house colorist. This is before there existed out-of-house colorists. Really? Comic book companies had, like, rooms devoted to people doing color. Yeah. And even more strange, they had one room that was just the guys that would color with watercolor, and then they had assign numeric values to each of those colors, and then they'd be recolored in, like, early versions of Photoshop in a really tedious... I think they were cutting so, out vectors. Yeah, so something. how many, like, steps would it go before it something's finally... It was the most finally... slow, ridiculous process, <laughs> yeah. Um, so Dave and I knew each other from then, yeah. uh, so like almost twenty years ago. See, that's that's what intrigues me most is because anytime when I have to do research on on who I'm going to be sitting opposite, you, I feel like you had a way of of just taking things and putting ellipses where you were like, yeah, I was I was struggling and like, and, I, and then here's where I got to in this step, or here was the finished project, and I was so so fascinated by the ellipses that that you weren't talking about when you said the first real job or for the last job that you had mm-hmm. um what were you doing for the early years when you were romping around and like trying to make goodbye chunky rice like what was it that you were doing no, goodbye, Ch- goodbye chunky rice i i drew while working mm-hmm. at uh dark horse okay and i had some real cr- so i moved to portland oregon when i was 21 mm-hmm. and i worked a couple really bad jobs like house painting i worked at a uh like uh, Fred Meyer, which is a department. Hard- I was in the hardware department of a hardware store. Then I worked at an independent music label, packaging things in the warehouse. Yeah. None of them were actually the the Fred Meyer. No, they were all terrible. Actually, they were all <laughs> until like, I got Dark which Horse. Which was the redeemable. And then Dark Horse was like the the best worst job I ever had. Yeah. It was the best job ever because I was working in comics, which was my dream. Mm-hmm. But it was the worst because I wasn't actually making comics. I was designing logos and uh, lunchboxes and toy packaging. So you were really close for to properties what you to I do. had no interest yeah. in, like uh, Aliens versus <laughs> the Vikings. That was the thing. <laughs> I was just like, oh, uh, yeah. So it was painful. Um, um, and I wore myself out there because I was working full time. This is how every again the story of every young cartoonist. Mm-hmm. You're working full time at any job, maybe right. a couple, and yeah. then working full time on your comics during you know so every night evening every weekend and i just blew out i i did develop tendonitis at that age really at the young age of what i was 23 <laughs> when i quit Jeez. uh yeah not not a big deal but then when i left um uh i had like a six month e- like nest egg built up where mm-hmm. i was like okay i'm gonna try to get a job in illustration and 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 i was doing a bunch of crappy 50 dollar illustrations that were barely, I wasn't getting by. And then I hit upon the Nickelodeon magazine gig. Mm-hmm. And uh, the editor there, Chris Duffy, basically uh, paid the bills for all the young indie cartoonists of my generation. So Steve Weissman, Jordan Crane, um, uh, Brian Ralph, uh, Sam Henderson. Sorry, I'm only mentioning dudes. I'm sure there's some great ladies in the scene <laughs> too. But like the, that sort of late 90s era of indie cartoonists, 
all where our bills were being paid by Nickelodeon magazine. And that's what I did after uh, that was my last, I guess, before I was making money doing comics. Yeah. I was making money as an illustrator. And then so how did blankets get to take off? How did it you you after 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 working at these then was was blankets where you felt like you started to garner fans after or? blankets yeah yeah so before i mean um i only got three hundred dollars to make blankets that was my advance money and then i worked on it for Jeez. at least three years but closer to four yeah. i think there's four years between chunky rice and blankets um and again during that time i had a pretty cush job i was illustrating Nickelodeon and yeah. kids cartoons you know or il- illustrations and comics and puzzles and games so it was fun and it paid well enough that like only half of my time was spent doing illustration and the half was my personal work which is blankets but then the blankets was the game changer and it, even more so it was Habibi because blankets got the attention of big book publishers that then give me a big book advance uh, where I was like, oh, I don't have to do any other work for the next several years. Yeah. I can just make comics full time. Is, is that how it felt, though? Like you, Do you view it as, like, finally I can breathe and relax for a second? Or Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was okay. drastic. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, I, I went to try to buy a house when I got my yeah. first installment in my advance. That must have been and I couldn't because good. I didn't have any credit history or they looked at my uh, tax returns from the last like, four I years. Swear, and I'm like, well, you can't get along. You're like, I swear I'm good. I just I just I'm like, need... but look what I'm... Yeah, so like, but no, yeah, I changed my lifestyle. And also I took forever to do Habibi because I had right. the luxury. In a way, it was bad because I had the luxury of all that 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 time well that's that's sort of what i meant by this like ellipses like i i it just blew my mind how when i was listening to the talk back you were saying that it was like oh yeah it took like some years and then like and then it just finally got made does it does it feel like the blink of an eye does it feel like a completely just like arduous process that never ends habibi? Does it, yeah habibi does not feel like the blink of eye it did feel like an epic undertaking yeah which is what i wanted it to be and yeah. i think it looks it kind of looks like the work of a crazy man I I think it looks awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah, but I, I don't know if it'll be repeated anytime soon. Yeah, like I don't want to repeat it anytime That's soon. What I was because to to willingly just like self impose like that again. That just seems. Yeah, I'm 40 now, so I was like 30 then, you know. So that's a different mi- like mindset about your lifespan. Yeah. <laughs> now that I'm 40, like oh, I can't go into hiding for seven years. Did you were you traveling simultaneously or just before? Uh, with Habibi, yeah, there was definitely some travel. I mean, I, for a while, probably the first two years of Habibi work, mm-hmm. I was traveling a lot. And I did cap it at a certain point because I realized that happens to me with every uh, book tour. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fun for a while. And then at a certain point, I realized, like, wait a minute. i got to start something new if there's going to be a future for me. Yeah. And, like, at the beginning, it's like, this is my job. I'm supposed to be promoting my book. And then there's a certain point where like, wait, my job is making a new book. Yeah. So, and, but with blankets, it's probably the hardest to learn. I was, uh, I was on the road for a solid stretch of six and a half months at one point. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a home. I just put everything in storage and just was on the road touring with the book. But then that touring continued for another two years after that off and on. And the, the, one of the big questions I had with, with blankets, because I, um, you you touched on such a truth that I, I was curious. Um, just the way you depicted family felt in- incredibly uh, personal, um, relatable. I'm sure to a lot of people. But um, what were what were some of the the ethics and the the when you talk about your family and, and things that happened within your family? Um, 
what did it feel like you're like I have to go there or else the the art doesn't mean as much or uh well so my what was the my initial in the intent thought? with blankets was not auto bio or memoir right I was trying to fictionalize things at first uh, but I did have um a pretty mo- a modest goal of just wanting to make a comic about a very simple human experience mm-hmm. of sharing a bed with someone for the first time yeah and so I was thinking meditating on my own experiences. Uh, initially, I just thought it would be a, a romance, a love story. So mm-hmm. I was thinking about my coming of, you know, coming of age, high school fling, you know. But then when I realized, like, oh, I also shared a bed much earlier with my brother, mm-hmm. not romantic. Right. Um, it just suddenly was a book to me. It's like, oh wait, it's more effort to try to change these details than to just keep them as is. Uh, it's more honest to just keep them as is. But I was young and naive too. I wouldn't do a book like that now. Like I wasn't aware of audience. I wasn't aware of people seeing it. Um, it didn't go down well with my parents. No. It was my, my siblings were fine with blankets. They liked it a lot, actually. It brought us closer. But my parents, um, it was really rough for a good five years. Yeah. So if I had saw that coming, I probably would have <laughs> chosen a different route I, to communicate do, or come out Do you out feel like your parents have seen, though, the impact that you've made? I mean, I'm sitting here wondering if I'm doing an, an okay job of, of actually talking to you because of how much like your work has impacted me that it's like it's like kind of clouding my vision but do you think that they know the impact of of your work or is there maybe they haven't been in the thick of it like here in like shops and like seen it all and and seen that 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 readers appreciate when you actually go to truthful points no i think they're they're quite proud of my work now yeah um it it just took a while for them to come around but you know like my parents are not well traveled but when they occasionally go on a trip, like they were in Hawaii yeah. maybe five years ago, and they saw blankets at a store in Hawaii, and they thought that was the biggest deal in the world. Okay, because uh, I, I, I told you that I'm from the Midwest, too, from Iowa, and my parents love Hawaii. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's yeah, like sir, they like just want to be out of the cold. Once every decade they go on a vacation, <laughs> yeah, and that's where you're going to go somewhere warm. Um, but I, I, you know, I think what's changed uh, from the, their initial reception of the book mm-hmm. was that one, nobody has come out of the woodwork to say you guys were bad parents to them, which I think was my dad's fear at first mm. of like, oh, you, you made me look like a real bully, you right. know, or, and I was like, well, no, like, I think it's, if you look at the trajectory in the book, in their early chapters, yes, you look pretty scary because it's a child's it, perception. Yeah. But then as the book progresses and it moves more into adulthood, you know, it, it definitely softens. It's just a, it's a uh, figure, talking about um, from the book, uh, it's a figure of, uh, of, of strong just stature that yeah, you would assume is And you're from the Midwest. Yeah, yeah. So, so I understand. Western dads. They, they, I mean, they dads shake everywhere. hands hard and they, they, they pat you on the back hard. They make everything have a point of just like, don't mess with my kids and like look you in the eye and things yeah. like that. And But you know it's all coming from a place of love. So I think you're absolutely right. At least from what I took from it was at the start when you're a kid, that might look like an imposing figure, but at the end, you realize that they really do love you. Um, I, I, and yeah, I think that came across at least from my end of reading. Yeah, it. I think so, and I think that's why um, now, how long is it? Like 15 years later, um, they're proud of the book because nobody, even in their small community of like you know a thousand people, the t- the town I used, I grew up in, uh, nobody's come out and said. You guys were bad parents, you know. Nobody's had that uh, reading, so That's good, cause and, that, and I think people congratulate them in their small town. So it, it was strange. it was a really good book. And then now um, with Space Dumpling, it 
it definitely feels like now knowing the trajectory of of uh, your work and and make a a huge statement with both blankets and Habibi and chunky rice. Now space dumpling feels like something new and a and a, a fresh breath of uh, I I don't have to have a a huge creative weight, just a, a chance for me to have fun, for me to reach a demographic that's the subject matter is imaginative and takes you places. Um, um, and what what would you say? for you in terms of what you were creatively is is this a business book or is this like i get to have fun where's what's the line oh definitely the latter i don't okay. i don't know if i've ever thought of anything in terms of a business decision yeah and and if i if i did i don't know if i made the right choice i'm not yeah. i'm not sure but but no it was uh, habibi was very long again it was like seven solid years yeah. and it was a very uh you know at times oppressive project because it was very daunting and, and very all-consuming and dark at times, yeah. you know. And some some of it was amazing. I mean, I, I I found a lot of pleasure in the research of like Arabic calligraphy and stuff. But then maybe if I'm spending three days on a page of uh, ornamentation drawn mm-hmm. with a brush dipped in India and ink, I was going a little bit <laughs> mad. Uh, so yes, I really wanted to do something more lighthearted and playful after. Uh, but I, more importantly, I wanted to make something for younger readers. Yeah. Because like I, you know, I fell in love with comics when I was eight or nine years old. And that's who I had in mind when I started this book. Like, what's the book that my nine-year-old self would have dreamed of? Now, I I kind of want to use you as a resource, too, because you cited that um, one of your biggest influences was Joe Sacco. Mm -hmm. And I I can't think – have I missed – is he does he have like a sort of children's like series too because when i think of sacco i just think of all of the like really political and just no no yeah he doesn't have any kid stuff yeah Uh, and i think he'll continue (laughs) to work i mean he did do recently it came out a year ago the the humor book bump which right he advertises as kind of like underground comics yeah but it is joe sacco doing uh political journalistic work yeah just in a new form I love that book actually, yeah. Bump. I don't know how that's I, we, performed. We have that. It's it's been it actually did pretty well. Here. Okay, I, um, but yeah, Joe. Joe, I mean, is probably my favorite North American cartoonist. But he's yeah. also a friend. So yeah, and uh, you know, I lived in Portland, Oregon for twenty years, and he's my closest cartoonist friend when I was there. Now I'm here in L.A. Yeah. Um, but now that you mention it, in L.A., the cartooning scene has a little bit more of a, a business attitude. It does. That's, cartooning. That's why I wanted to ask because I I feel like. I never know how to ask the question of, of, of basically what's the percentage of what you do? Is it all artistic based or is it business? Because I think obviously everyone wants to assume, oh, we're, we're artists and like somebody else is taking care of the business. Or, and I know that that's a fallacy, mm-hmm. um, but I don't ever want to talk down the fact that we, we understand you as artists, but how much of it is a business and too how much oh. of is it is brushing elbows and things like that no half of it at least is, is it? business it's maddening uh, it's accounting you know it's like spending your day answering emails and paying bills and yeah it's terrible yeah but and that's even when i'm like the work i'm tr- making is not deliberately commercial right it's just like the nature of being a freelance anything you yeah. spend so much of your time because this this uh, space dumpling feels like uh, a fun venture, but yeah, the, with with at least seeming the the responsibility, it just feels like a breath where you can just have fun. And and I I just wonder how the, how um, how things could turn into like a like this this could turn into a serialized thing. And is that something you you're excited for? 
uh, like serialized comic book yeah, or serialized like, animated feature or something, you know? Yeah, like series. is that? Does uh, it feel like something that is a blossom that could could grow? Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, um, I don't know if I was conscious of that when I started it, but now that it's finished, I realized that part of my motivation was to create a property, yeah. but not in a crass again, not in a business sense, but yeah. just in the cartooning tradition. I had like a little envy of of just. Everybody, Charles Schultz and everybody, you know, like, oh, people have their characters. Mm -hmm. They have a property. That's pretty cool. That is an appealing element of cartooning that I've never taken advantage of. Yeah, it it's, it just seems it seems like something that is is you're, you're bringing the same heart. You're bringing the same skill. I mean, I, I look at it and I think, oh, my God, all, all the line work and everything that I get with blankets and Habibi plus color plus like just imagination and fun um not to say the other ones are are plenty fun too but they're thought provoking and this is this is just a fun a fun trip um, yeah thank you yeah yeah i mean I, I was still able to indulge all my uh sort of uh political themes you yeah. know like there's definitely an energy crisis and environmental disaster yeah and social class divide all those themes are rolled up in there which i think it was funny that um last time you were here you you said i i never go in with that intention but it just the more that you see it like get ignored the more it becomes increasingly like all right i i, I just can't i can't ignore it now it, and it and it does it it comes into the books but it's never like hits you over the head it's just sort of like how many times it's almost like a, a benchmark of it was an issue when i made this book mm -hmm. it was an issue when i made this book and it just continues to be an yeah, issue so and no really one's separated yeah. from what yeah. i do um uh Talk to me about what you wanted in the protagonist. Um, what what did you want her to sort of represent? So the the main character is this little girl, a Violet, who perhaps is age ten. It's not pinned down, yeah. uh, but she's you know the outgoing adventurous hero character. She was the most difficult to pin down, though. The other two, and not to to dodge the question, but uh, the other two, Elliot the chicken, mm -hmm. this little neurotic, uh, like uh, intellectual, uh, epileptic. Uh, uh, I don't know, sartorial dandy obsessed <laughs> with uh, esoteric visions. Uh, uh, one, I really relate to him, but I've also drawn that character for 20 years, and he's just never had a book to call his home. Oh, awesome. Uh, so he's been in a lot of books, books that I started before Chunky Rice that I never finished. So I know that character well. Mm -hmm. um, and then Zacchaeus, that little orange critter blob guy on the cover, he uh, first showed up in my Carnet de Voyage book in 2004. Oh, right. And in that book, he's sort of my conscience. He's sort of this uh, this guy who's there to kick me in the butt when I get too whiny and mopey on, and traveling a solo through Morocco. They they both play... They I instantly thought of, like, this is when he wants to, like, just get the opinion out, like, right away. Or, like, like how yeah, do I he's feel id. about this? He's unfiltered. Yeah. Id, he's impulsive. Yeah. Which is another side of my personality, too. Um, but I had those characters, you know, floating around in the sketchbooks and, and thought, like, oh, they'd be cool, you know, in a humor book. That's mm -hmm. about all I had. And then, uh, f what is it now, five years ago, uh, two of my best friends in Portland had a baby daughter named Violet. So she was mm. just born, like literally the day she was born and she's an infant, yeah. uh, a newborn, I guess. Um, I knew that, oh, there's my the third character for the book. But... Um, 
and and, and it, she was like the the glue to 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 keep those other characters together. They they, they suddenly made sense as a trio. Yeah, uh, and they needed a leader and sort of an adventurous one. Yeah, she uh, she. But w- in a way, she's also the straight man to their wackiness. That's like, what I was. They're really she's flawed, very grounded. broken, like kind of ridiculous characters. Yeah, yeah and she's the one that. That actually makes it make sense, and it gives an entry point. And this again is not uh, the business side, but an entry point for younger readers too. Like, oh, mm-hmm. it's a human girl; we can relate to this character, and we—I want to be that character. A lot of the readers do too. The um, the grounded nature of her when these two are just so like insane. It, it definitely makes it. There's it's undeniable at this point um, as we like sell the books here at the shop that um, the more. Uh, you, we see female protagonists. The it's just such a positive response from the people that come into our store, and I think she's she was such a great figure because she was grounded, because she was sort of level headed in a in a sea of of just these fantastic creatures and and companions. Um, and I know that when we when we get little girls into the shop, and they they always want to aspire that 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 um hope for for someone that's like is grounded and can make the decisions and can sort of be her own hero and have friends like that i i just see that in in the spirit of of a lot of the girls that come into the shop and and the boys too they they watch um adventure time and things like that and they love all of the female characters yeah. I, I i think this is i think this is um really hitting a pulse on what um but not just the the younger readers they you're you're going to attract people like me and aristotle here who who know your your older work and and then can see the humor come out because i feel like i was reading your books and and the the level of intelligence of just knowledge you're you're packing in and informing me about you know the quran or or um or um the 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 sort of convergence of all these different religious texts that are very similar and and opening the dialogue of of like there's common ground between all these things you have very lofty like that but then i again when i when i watch you in interviews you're a very funny guy and like understated and i was like this i I know when when the project comes that he gets to just like all out show all the humor and things like that um it's it's gonna make me laugh and space dumpling kind (laughs) of had me in you know rolling a little bit so um I, I I hope it feels like um, it was just a fun a fun venture. Cause... Yeah, it was fun, and I yeah I definitely wrote it with my existing readers in mind. Yeah, and there's I, a lot of it is written over kids' heads intentionally. Mm-hmm. Some of that Scholastic tried to pull back on or, or edit out, but I would push back, and I I got to keep most of it. How often do you feel like it is a sort of uh, do you, do you feel like people now with you've like I've got my fan base and you can point to the fan base and do you get less arguments now or is it still the same of like no I want to do this and and then getting told well tweak it how has it gotten easier no, never, or is it still I don't think I've had any real censorship in my career no um that he can think of yeah including scholastic I mean there was occasional things like they're like mm, you know and actually, the first draft, there was weird, random things like swear words just would end up by accident in there, you know? And they're like, oh, we shouldn't have that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, I'm going to change it. I didn't even know I put that on that page, you know? Um, and then there was other more subtle things that, that they'd be like, eh, this is kind of weird. And I'm like, no, I want to keep it, you know? And, and some of it's just non sequiturs or, or sort of diversions, right. you know, which I, I like to indulge, too, because I think that's the fun of, you know, I, I, this book was influenced by Moby Dick. That's why I referenced Moby Dick in the, the opening pages. Mm-hmm. But, uh, 
um, like the pleasure of that book is that it, I guess Jeff Smith's bone is also a big is influenced by Moby Dick, but the pleasure is in the the diversions and the sort of going off track. Yeah, the wandering. Um, uh, what else? I Aristotle. What did you have a question? Uh, I'll throw it oh, do you not have the mic? What's up? I don't have a mic. Just uh, about. Is there a line from when you know that you can call yourself a cartoonist? Or is that just something like, right out the gate, you want to be a cartoonist, so you're saying, I'm a cartoonist, that's what I'm going to be. So Aristotle asks about uh, the identity of a cartoonist and owning up to it. Um, and I think that's that was towards the beginning of the podcast, of being like, I don't know that I've ever... Oh, but at the same time, uh, Aristotle, I, I, I have said that, uh, like when I worked, all, I worked many crappier jobs than house painting. I, did, I worked at, you know, like McDonald's and I worked at a, uh, like a, a aluminum can recycling center mm-hmm. and a bagel shop and a telemarketing center and all these terrible jobs. And, and my one comfort was to tell myself that I was a cartoonist and it got me that much closer to actually actualizing that goal. So I think there's value to, to labeling yourself. I mean, it, it's tired, I guess, if you go to parties and people are like, oh, I'm an artist, yeah. you know, you know, like, oh. But car- cartoonist at least has a humility behind it, yeah. you know. So you know, it's not as asshole-ish to. I think I think the reason uh, why Aristotle and I ask so much is because um, like questions like that of knowing the earlier years, even though you're you're here, you're promoting at a at a different point. It's just because our our demographic, our listeners, are people who are like so close to the cusp of like fruition in so many different areas um in hollywood right now there's it's almost like anyone that walks in through those doors if they aren't a little kid there's somebody who's working on a project that's like completely parallel to some other job that they're doing um and so we maybe we're forcing this sort of like line of questioning to to be more about that but um we definitely appreciate you uh answering yeah i i just think claim it you know yeah because yeah that is the first step to to being there and i was as much a cartoonist when i was working as a telemarketer than i am now really just didn't get as much many hours to devote to it but yeah in some Um, ways i was more driven than (laughs) because i would skip sleep in order to make comics i would never do that now no (laughs) um what what was one of the the coolest moments so far in your career because now we're talking from a point of like it feels like the irons are hot, mm-hmm. and last time you described it as, oh, um, I had a fan base of, uh, if there was a thousand, then like, or, or if there's two thousand, then a thousand of them either liked blankets or things like that. Now you're growing, you have a following. Um, what what has been the coolest moment in in sort of your you're getting all the all the recognition that you have? Well, with Habibi Book Tour, um, the grand finale of that for me was. Uh, it was hosted by the U.S. Embassy in, in Jordan, uh, in Amman, Jordan. And uh, this was 2012, September, September 11th, 2012. Mm. Um, and uh, they, were, they were bringing me out there because they knew there was a lot of interest with the Palestinian uh, people uh, about um, comics. They're like, mm-hmm. comics are huge in the Middle East. We need to import a, a cartoonist here to do workshops. So they wanted me to do uh, workshops with... Uh, deaf children at this orphanage in Salt City, um, Jordan, and then working with uh, Syrian refugee uh, teenagers that were uh, just in the inner city um, and that had this awesome teen resource like arts and computer center in in the inner city. And then uh, just with the local sort of 
Jordanian comic scene, thirty something hipsters. Uh, so I did I did uh, workshops with all three groups, like one week with one, one week with the next, one week with the other. But I happened to be there during. Uh, like September 11th when the uh, embassy started getting attacked. And so they were ramping up for that all week. They knew the attacks were coming. There was 500 military personnel. They were picking up, you know, refugees from Syria every morning in the same van, you know, like armored vehicles that I would then be ferried over to do, uh, like, work with the kids in the orphanage. Um, and it was it was weird because then this violence started to break, up, break out with like Benghazi attacks. There was other attacks that never made the news, which I knew about because I was an insider. I, it took me 45 <laughs> minutes to get through uh, security at the embassy every day just so I could make photocopies. <laughs> so every, all these military people are running around freaking out about what, whatever the next attack like is. And I'm making ready and... photocopies of these cartoons made by like 12-year-old deaf children at this orphanage. <laughs> you know, because we, were, we did like a comics anthology together. Right. Um, and I just thought it was, so, I mean, perfect in a sense that, like, all these people are, like, uh, like, flipping out and killing each other. And at the same time, like, over comics, like, it, it was just love and bonding, you know? There was this mutual love of comics. And I met, so they, when I got there, they freaked out because my book was banned. Uh, Habibi was. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it, it, it initially been in bookstores, and people had... And some bookstores are going to host some events abroad. for me. You're yeah. talking abroad. But then they couldn't restock it because then it was put on the, the blacklist or whatever, like not allowed. Um, so then the embassy's like, oh, should we cancel all these events? They stuck with them. And then I got to meet all these amazing fans from Iraq and Palestine and, and uh, Syrian refugees. And these are like people who had left Syria like a week before with their families because, you know, their homes were being bombed. And they had a copy of Blankets or a copy of Habibi. And that blew my mind. Like what could be more... That the reach overwhelming had than that, yeah, and it's like well, it, of all the things you chose to lug with you, like when you fled your home, you know, a copy of my book, yeah, that's you know overwhelming. And again, like working with these these deaf children, there was so many layers of a uh, communication barrier. I don't speak Arabic, but also I don't speak sign language, and there's a different kind mm. of sign language in uh, Arabic language sure. too. And the, these kids' families, uh, uh, the reason that they're in this orphanage, they do have a lot of them have families. They've had to leave them because there's this. Like, families of, of deaf children don't really learn sign language in that part of the world. It's not common like it is here. So, How are they... So they're t- torn away from their families, and they grew up, you know, in this, this orphanage. Um, uh, but, yeah, there's several layers. I had three translators with me, one to translate, you know, from English to Arabic, mm-hmm. then from Arabic, Arabic to sign language, then, you know, like... And then the, ki- the kids back and forth. So all these like barriers towards communication and yet we all bonded over comics you know and the kids were able to share their stories and they got really excited about just drawing together it was like brought down all those barriers of culture and age and you know wow so for me that's like pretty much the highlight that's such an active way of of like you had to almost be in the field to see how far your the reach of your book went you didn't just get like a like piece of mail from someone from far away, you 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 were like in the thick of where where's yeah. It's using uh, comics as ambassadorship. Yeah, which is that is that now is that something that you um, is is that something you'd want to keep doing? Is that yeah, sort of definitely like a goodwill like yeah. Comics? Actually, while I was in Jordan, I got an invite, which would have been. Three days after my return, uh, the police in Rio de Janeiro wanted me to host me in the favelas in Rio because they were doing all this uh, arts community work with the kids in the favelas, which I was like, whoa, that sounds cool. But then I was also like, whoa, 
don't the police have a, a bad reputation there? <laughs> and it's actually shifted a lot, the yeah. attitude towards the police there as far as cleaning up the right. gang violence because of community outreach like that. Um, but mostly I turned it down because it was like three days after I knew I was getting home. And also I, I really had a, a sense when I was in Jordan of like, this this is the grand finale of my Habibi book tour. It's not going to get better than this. Yeah. I mean, this is almost the reason I made this book is to be here for this moment now. And so I'm like, okay, now I'm going to go home and rest now, and yeah. start on something new and funny. Um, <laughs> and and that is that's definitely a, a space thumpling. Um, <laughs> I I I think that who knows if if um, some aliens visit, maybe this will be the thing that they're like yes we have a race of small chicken people <laughs> that uh we we need you to have three translators for and uh <laughs> and um they appreciate it um well we definitely appreciate you coming on to the uh show we don't want to keep you from anyone that's here in the store oh, yeah, now we're do signing. um because we have a signing to do um so i thank you aristotle thanks you um yeah, he you doesn't guys. have the mic um but then also eddie and Jeanette, who are not here right now they're gonna be listening and they're gonna be super thankful so uh we also got you a card you don't have to uh read it now Aww. but i just thank wanted you. to right. give it to you now i'll i'll, sa- I'll save it I cool think. Okay. awesome thank It'll you put so us much all on the spot <laughs> thank you this is great thank you Thanks for picking us up. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We're at Meltcast. We occasionally tweet some things. And while you're at it, follow at Meltdown Comics. They're awesome, and you can keep up with all of their sales and events. They happen every day. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.